Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Last night, we had two explosive media events. Donald Trump's interview with Tucker Carlson, which is now around 175 million views on Twitter. And of course, we had the GOP lesser known debates. Now, I'm being somewhat of a dick when I say that, lesser known debates. Most people know who Nikki Haley is when it comes to politics, Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie. But the issue is none of them are going to go anywhere near the White House in this session. I could be wrong about that. Ann Coulter gave an interview. She thinks DeSantis will win. There are some people saying Ron DeSantis won the debate, but few and far between. I think most people are saying Vivek Ramaswamy stole the show. It's interesting, though. This, this, this argument that's coming out pertaining to the debate is that Ron spoke to issues that more people are going to uh, align with, and Vivek spoke to us. I'm not sure that matters, to be completely honest. It's all about screen time. Now, I think much of the debate was stupid. Chris Christie is just absolutely the worst. And Nikki Haley is a warmonger, is a warmonger who lied about what's going on. And the only person on stage with the strength to immediately say, I will not fund war in Ukraine was Vivek Ramaswamy. And most importantly, when asked, and we got to, I got to pull up this clip. If Donald Trump is convicted, would you still support him? Vivek, bing, right away, hand up, no question. Now, very quickly, to be fair, Several of the other candidates like Nikki Haley, she puts her hands up. They're all very timid. And then lastly, Rhonda Sanders with his hand half up. Uh, you know what, man? I think perhaps though one of my favorite moments of the debate night was when Vivek Ramaswamy said climate change was a hoax and he got booed for it. <laughs> Dude, come on. Here's what I'd say about climate change. I'm a fairly middle of the road person. Y'all know me. I think humans are causing a, a lot of ecological problems in terms of mass pollution and overproduction. But there's a question of whether or not that leads to climate change and a warming of the planet. So, so the only thing I can say this is how I described it last night. I should probably say this, but I want to say it. I don't take investment advice from scientists. You know what I mean? Like, 
A scientist can come out and tell me that he thinks there's going to be an earthquake, and I'll be like, I'll take that into consideration. But considering the politics at play, for the most part, I take a look at what these fat cats are doing because they got a track record of making money. And I'll tell you this right now, when it comes to climate change, I do have concerns about overpopulation and toxification of environments. Cities are horrible. But I'm just going to look at what Warren Buffett is doing, what Nancy Pelosi is doing, what Obama's doing. I'm going to take investment uh, investment advice based on their actions, not based on their politics. And what are they doing? Well, you know, Obama's got uh, a waterfront property in Martha's Vineyard. Banks are still financing mortgages in Miami Beach. Yeah, but I'll, I'll save that conversation for later. Let's talk about the quick hits. This is Donald Trump getting. Oh, let me just show you right now. This is the Tucker Carlson episode 19 debate night with Donald Trump. 173.4 million views. Let's refresh this and see where it's at as of right now. This is crazy. 176.2 million views. Now, a jump like that makes sense. I pulled this up about an hour ago and I had the tab open. So maybe within like a half an hour or so, it jumped 3 million views. Makes sense. A lot of people were split between the lesser known debates and watching this uh, interview with Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson. So it makes sense that this morning people are waking up and watching the interview. I have not watched the full thing. I've only watched selects of the uh, Tucker Carlson interview. So I recommend you check it out. But let's first dispel the lies. Here's what they're all they're all they're all panicking. Oh, Fox News ratings were in the gutter. We don't know their ratings, but how are you going to compete with 176 million views? Oh, don't worry. They're saying they're not real. Sure. Let's talk about that. Trump is bragging about 100 million views to take across an interview. Here's why that's misleading. I'll give you the, the, the short version of it. They're basically saying that these are not video views. Nobody watched the interview. They're saying that this means the post scrolled past you. Uh-huh. I'm fine with that. 176 million people were made aware of this interview. It does not mean they watched the full thing. I would probably estimate it around maybe like, I don't know, 20% is probably fair. Based on what I know about metrics and analytics, 20% seems to make a whole lot more sense. And that's because if you look at analytics, you'll see there's a, there's a chart that shows you watch time, 46 minutes, and then it drops down. Most people don't watch the whole thing. That's, that's just unlikely that 176 million people watched 46 minutes. I would estimate that probably 150 million watched two or three seconds of it, meaning they scrolled past it, said, "Okay," and there you go. I'm totally fine with acknowledging that. That's a normal metric for anyone who understands the Internet. The only people I think who are acting like this number is immaterial or irrelevant are old fogies who are used to television where they're like, here are our ratings. But let me explain something. When they say we got 30 million views on our show, according to Nielsen studies, which estimates based on an extrapolated data point, spare me. Okay, we can track real hard numbers here. So brand recognition and acknowledgement, 176 million. And don't get me wrong. Some people probably scrolled past and didn't know what it was. But when they come out and they say 20 million people watch like Big Bang Theory, they're doing this thing where they have select houses. They say he, they've agreed to share their data with us. So we assume based on the 2000 people who are watching TV, 20 million people watched this. Get out of here, dude. I just don't buy any of it. But let's talk about the debates. Now, I do want to mention the uh, uh, some of the, the Trump Tucker interview, but I do recommend that you watch it. Tucker Carlson's scaremongering. I love this. They um, 
Tucker was leading the conversation quite a bit. And uh, I, I got to mess. Some of, these, some of these answers Trump gave were a bit meandering. They were. Tucker asks Trump if he thinks we're op- headed to civil war. And Trump said, there's a level of passion I've never, I don't know. There's a level of passion I've never seen, a level of hatred I've never seen. And it's probably a bad combination. He asked about Epstein and Trump said, I don't know. He probably killed himself. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Trump's not going to come out and, and be the internet personality that everyone thinks he's going to be when they're on the internet. I love this one. The debate was the sideshow. Trump's debate night interview with Tucker Carlson was a taste of the chaos to come. Oh, bravo. But let's get into the nitty gritty, my friends. The debate first. Segwaying from Trump into the debate, Don Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle were banned from the media spin room. Ex-president's top surrogates are turned away as Republicans bicker over former president. You know why this is this is targeted? Dude, I've been in the debate spin rooms. I am not a politician in any way. You just, we, I, hey, I'm a journalist. And they're like, come on in, buddy. So the idea that Don Jr. wouldn't be allowed in. Yeah, they're playing games. Here we go. Who had the best debate performance? Let's get into the debate talk, my friends. Vivek Ramaswamy, 28%, followed by Ron DeSantis, 27%. This is JLP Partners conducted an online poll of 504 registered Republicans who watched Wednesday's debate. The results come with a margin of error of 4.4%. So it is hard to do these real-time polls. But I think based on the media response, the Twitter response, the trends, Vivek Ramaswamy stole the show, no question. Take a look at this. It explains everything. What a few seconds of hand raising said about Trump's GOP. With a halting series of raised hands, candidates on the Republican debate stage illustrated the former president's hold on the party. Oh, the hold on the party. Let me play this clip for you. Here you go. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. So let me just, uh, uh, I'll, 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 we'll break this down. Vivek Ramaswamy, without hesitation, hand as high as hand can be. Now, I'll give some credit to uh, Nikki Haley, uh, who shortly after gives a half measured, but quickly enough, some of these people, you know, let's be nice. Ron DeSantis, let's, let's, let, come on, let me. Let's replay it. Former President Trump, the party's choice. Please raise your hand if you would. That was the most. I'm sorry, man. I know the DeSantis people are going to get mad at me. Vivek, without question, hand up. Nikki Haley, shortly after Tim Scott. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them 
at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Ron DeSantis waits until people are cheering, looks around, and then halfway up. This is why people are saying Vivek stole the show. Leadership requires you to assert your position without waiting for the audience to cheer or boo. And even when booed, Vivek Ramaswamy kept pushing his position. This audience is a trick, right? It's not, it's not, I'm not saying like they're trying to manipulate people. I'm saying you cannot be swayed by an audience of people who are the top tier political elites. Tell me who sits in a debate. I've been to these debates. It is not your salt of the earth, working class people. Some, don't get me wrong. Some people come, regular working class people. But it's mostly politicos, super connected, super involved people who show up to these debates in person. Funny story. I was at the uh, GOP debate. I think it was in uh, 2016, one of them. And apparently some far leftist had a um, female toy, adult toy in, in a bag that they were intending to throw. And so security was stopping anybody who had bags or backpacks. And uh, I was walking through the hall, press pass and everything. And they're like, we need to check your bag. I'm like, do it, do it, buddy. Just had a camera in it. I'm like, just camera. And they were like, okay. And then it was really funny. I was like, is something going on? Is there kids like, well, they were like, we, somebody came in here with an adult, you know, they didn't say adult female toy. They used the actual word for it. And then we started laughing and I was like, all right, thanks for your work, dudes. And they started laughing and walked off. I thought that was really funny. But anyway, here's what the prediction markets have to say. Now, now Vivek Ramaswamy was up yesterday. Now he's down, but he is still holding firm in second place. During the GOP debate, Vivek actually dropped down a third place. Ron DeSantis jumped up. That was surprising to me. Vivek had quick answers, leadership. His hand was right up in the air anytime he was asked that question. They said, will you cut funding for Ukraine? Look at this one. Do I have the tweet here? When asked if you will support Trump if convicted, Vivek Ramaswamy without hesitation raises his hand. And uh, okay, so I don't have, I don't have, I had another tweet. I pulled up the wrong one. They said, who would you, uh, it, it, it was asked in such a weird way. It was confusing. They were like, would you not, if you would not support continued funding for Ukraine, raise your hand. And it's like, wait, wait, yeah, I, I would not support funding. Vivek immediately hand up. Take a look at this. Jack Posobiec says the difference between a hand raised and a limp wrist. And there is Vivek hand held high. I do think it's funny, too, because like when you're wearing those suits, it's hard to like lift your hand as high as you can. Uh, And Ron DeSantis, half measure. A lot of people are saying that Ron came out weak and ineffective. I got to be honest with you. I think Ron DeSantis had some excellent answers, but it was A tier, B tier. The rest of the field, I thought was I'm sorry, just worthless. And the reason why I didn't even want to cover this was bullied into it. Now, people wanted to see it, I guess. And that's that's what it is. But the reason I didn't want to cover it, dude, Nikki Haley arguing with Mike Pence is irrelevant to you, to me and to anyone else. Sorry, that's reality. Now, I know, you know, Ian, Ian was actually uh, pretty funny last night. Mike Pence was saying his stupid garbage and he's like, he's got that 7% locked in. <laughs> He's actually at three cents in the prediction markets, way below the rest of the field. Glenn Youngkin is uh, is doing better. He wasn't even there. So, uh, but uh, look, here's how I described it. 
if I go down to my local bar, local pub, and I hear Ricky argue with Jimmy over tax policy and war, that's the same thing as Mike Pence and Nikki Haley having that argument. Why? Jimmy and Ricky ain't going to be the nominee. They're not going to be president and they're not going to be vice president. We all know it. It's a waste of our time. To be fair, okay, because I try to be reasonable. I can't see the future. Ann Coulter, with respect, said she thinks Ron's going to win. Maybe, maybe. You know, she said in uh, 20, it might have been 2016, I'm not sure. It might have been 2015 because the, the cycle overlaps. But I think it was 2016 when she was asked, right uh, among the candidates right now, who do you think is going to win? She said, right now, Donald Trump. And they laughed at her and mocked her. And even right now, when she says to Sanders, people are like, no way that happens. Uh, dude, we don't know where we're at. Ron, I think, definitely improved. I'm impressed. Yesterday, his performance was actually C plus to B minus. And you, I'm not digging the guy. His, his opening announcement was weak. I'm here to lead the great American comeback. It, just no, sorry, not good, not strong. What we saw last night from Ron was he had good answers, different answers from Vivek, and he said it with strength. I, I respect that. But here's my view. Vivek Ramaswamy is on stage pushing back, fighting back, immediately asserting his positions, not waiting for the audience to tell him what to think. He knows what he thinks. He knows what he needs to say. And Ron was a little tepid. Vivek, A plus, Ron DeSantis, B minus. Vivek comes out with an answer. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Ron DeSantis comes out. I think we should do this, that or otherwise. And I'm like, Vivek's answer on these questions was premium. Ron DeSantis answers pretty good, pretty good, different, acceptable, right? It's kind of like, you know, it's like a, a trivia question where it's like that answer is also acceptable, but worth 100 less points. So I'm not saying this to drag the guy. I'm saying Ron DeSantis actually did well. I, 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 it's not, it should be surprising to anybody that we're saying Vivek stole the show. Look at this one. I love this story. Crowd goes wild after Ramaswamy says climate change is a hoax. I'm saying Shwamy because that's what Trump says. He's like, Vivek Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. It's like, it's not an insult. It's just like a silly mispronunciation. Uh, check this out. Republican 2024 candidate Vivek Ramaswamy sparked a wild response from the crowd. When he said uh, climate change is a hoax during the Fox News debate in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Ramaswamy jumped in on a question about climate change before others spoke. He said he was the only person on the debate stage that was not bought and paid for. He says, let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only, he says, I'm the only person on stage who isn't bought and paid for. I can say this, climate change is a hoax. The reality is that anti-carbon agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. The crowd erupted. Here you go. Let's play it. Because no, no, no. I didn't raise, agenda, I didn't raise a hand. Let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change oh, agenda whoa, 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 whoa. is a That's hoax. Just ridiculous. The climate change agenda is a hoax. <laughs> Who's booing this guy? And we have to declare independence for it. And the reality is the anti-carbon agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. They opened with this question. They had this, um, I, th it was, I think it was YF, I'm not sure. And they were like, <coughs> climate change for young people is a key issue. How will the Republicans respond? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, oh, dude, spare me. I am not going to sit here and listen to Greta Thunberg. How dare you? When she doesn't talk about China or India or these other countries at all. I think she may have said something recently. So, OK, OK, fair point. She did. I, I can't remember what it was. Maybe I'm wrong. But she comes and acts like it's Europe and the United States. Dude, 
I I will say this. I do not respect the climate change activists at all. You know why? Because um, I used to work for some of these nonprofits. I know what they think. I know what they say to people and I know how they act. And you know what I learned? I'll tell you a story about Deepwater Horizon. When that went off and there was an oil spill, I was told by an environmentalist organization I've been working for to keep. So here's what happens. I'm on the street. This is what precipitated me wanting to quit the industry. I'm reading the spiel. I'm talking to the guy and I always gave him more off the cuff. And this guy goes, that's not true. And I was like, wait, what's not true? And he's like, the amount of the amount of oil cited, that's that's not correct. It's way less than that. And I was like, oh, this is this is the fact sheet that we have. And he goes, well, you're 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 wrong and you're misleading people and you're asking for money. And I was like, dude, I am not intending to mislead anybody. These are the fact sheets that we got. And he's like, well, check your facts. And I'm like, I will. Long story short of it, I was told just to keep keep saying it because, you know, we need to raise money. And I was like, are you kidding me? I did a Google search. I asked somebody and it was it was way less. And I was I was pissed off. I don't trust them. But more importantly, look, man, decentralizing the grid. Amazing. More solar power on more homes. Amazing. Wind turbines. Amazing. I'm a fan of all of this stuff. Nuclear power. Amazing. We do not want one power station that can be shut down by a cyber attack. Climate change to me is not the argument. You want to go to a conservative. You want to go to a libertarian or someone who doesn't care about this. You want to go to someone who works in an oil field or whatever. I say this. I got no beef with carbon. I am concerned about mass uh, overproduction, toxification of environments, mercury, etc., dead zones in the ocean, pollution, the Pacific gyre. All of these things are bad. We got to be good stewards of the earth. But when you get these wealthy individuals flying on jets all over the world while complaining everybody else needs to stop, don't believe you. Sorry. When they say the water is going to rise in 10 years and then they buy beachfront property, don't believe you. So I just say this. I think they're all hypocrites and liars. My position, decentralizing our electrical grid is tremendous, tremendous. If there is an attack on our country or anything like that, and we've got solar power and backup power or a storm or an earthquake, we're good. Imagine if you've got a a couple power plants in an area and an earthquake hits and now nobody has power. Bad news. Imagine people get solar power. It's not a perfect way to power the grid, but it creates a safety net that is really, really good. Decentralizes power consumption, reduces carbon, whatever you want to call it. I think that's good. But my question here is, who is booing him? This is absolutely amazing. I love this. And here we go. The New York Times. Ramaswamy sees his spotlight as DeSantis hangs back. Seven debate takeaways. I don't care about the debate takeaways, but basically they say it was the Ramaswamy show. I can agree. Here we have this from Newsweek. Who won the Republican debate? Three analysts give their verdict. Let's just get, cut to the chase. Who do you think won? Vivek Ramaswamy, they say. Yes. Ron DeSantis sidelined. That's incredible. Nikki Haley, nuanced and honest. Best of the rest. Really? Nikki Haley. Let's take the prediction markets and see what they say. No, look at that. Nikki Haley coming up in fourth place. I was not a fan. Uh, Nikki Haley had some nonsense statement. Martyr made tweets. Holy ish. Haley just said that Putin has promised that after he's done conquering Ukraine, Poland and the Baltics are next. That is a blatant whole cloth warmongering lie. Yes. When she said that, we all looked around like, what? That is not true. 
We haven't even, there, there's not even an inclination right now that Putin wants to take anything other than the Donbass so he has a land bridge to Crimea because he wants a warm water port in the Black Sea. These people are evil. I, I despise these warmongering psychopaths. The Vic Ramaswamy was the only one to immediately, without hesitation, say no more funding for Ukraine. And he said, why are we spending money defending Ukraine's border when we are not defending our own? And what does Nikki Haley do? You want to defend Israel. You and he goes, no, I don't. That's not that's not correct. That's not it's wrong. And she just kept saying it over and over again. I loathe these people. You're cruising down the highway. Windows rolled down. Tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com carlson. Visit now. But here's where we're at. Who won the debate, says the New York Times. Observers weigh in. Ron DeSantis. Hey, I'm not going to leave that out. Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, and Donald Trump. Oh, you'll love to see it. The largest question looming over Wednesday's debate was whether Mr. Trump's absence would be a misfire. By and large, political experts, even those who didn't have a favorable view of Trump, agreed it was not the case. Amy Walter, the publisher and editor-in-chief of the Cook Political Report, offered a stark assessment. Trump has to be pretty happy with his debate. Yeah. Some have suggested. None of these people will be VP. Why offer the VP position to anyone who's trying to take your job? They say, I don't know if I, I, I agree. I think Trump has just seen a tremendous, tremendous ally in Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, Vivek says he will not take a VP position. He's not a number two kind of guy. He wants to be he wants the job and he's vying for it. But I don't know where Ramaswamy goes after this if he doesn't take a VP position. I think Vivek did such a powerful job last night that were Trump to pick him, then I, th- I think that clears up a lot of the problems people have with Trump. Trump lost in 2020 by 42,000 votes in three states. Don't let them lie to you when they say Trump can't win. It is is laughable. Like, nah, too many people hate Trump. He can't win. 42,000 votes, dude. But, but Biden got 81 million. Ballot harvesting and ballot chasing and anti-Trump sentiment. But do you think they can maintain that with Joe Biden's failures? When people were voting against Trump, they had nothing relative to compare him to. Now people are mad at Joe Biden and Trump ain't in office. That's Trump's advantage now because you can't come out and be like, the economy's bad. And it's Trump's fault. Cl- uh, climate change, COVID. Trump's not the president. The economy in 2019 was really good. So right now you have Trump's hard base. They're going to support him. And if it's Trump versus Biden, Biden loses support. When Biden came into office, he was at like, what, 40 to 50 percent. Then Afghanistan happens and his approval rating collapses. How many votes did he lose because of that? The economy is in bad shape. People are saying they can't buy groceries anymore. 
I'm sorry. Joe Biden is going to bear the brunt of that, whether you think it's his fault or not. Trump's advantage. So in the meantime, I'd love to see a uh, Ramaswamy take the VP offer, but maybe he won't. I don't know where he goes after this. The dude is, this is amazing. Vivek is 38 years old and worth half a billion plus. Here's a guy who's a proven leader, very smart, at the highest end of the bell curve for intelligence, charisma, tact. You know, we were talking about this and I'm like, he's not Trump though, right? They're both top tier dudes, alphas, right? But Trump's got something more. And someone said, Vivek is Bruce Banner and Trump is the Hulk. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. That's one way to put it. Trump is a Hulk, lumbering figure. I got to be honest though. Some of the answers I didn't like from that, uh, uh, that Tucker interview. I, I want to see Trump be more assertive, but I also think Trump is playing it smart. He doesn't want to come out and just sound crazy and say Epstein was, was, was killed or whatever. He says, I don't know. It's possible. Uh, I don't know though. And I can respect that. We'll see. I, I got to be honest with all you guys. Vivek seems more attuned for the current political world than Trump does. And I mean it. But we need the bull in the China shop, at least this time around. I think Vivek offers that tact and strategy, and he's offering it way better than, than DeSantis has. And so I think he'd be a great VP. I don't know if VP is the right position, though. Some people say chief of staff or secretary of state, actually working on policy and things like that. So we'll see. VP is more of the political position to get the votes. And that might be something he should, he should uh, an offer he should take. Trump right now does not have the zeitgeist. He does not have the culture. Vivek does. But Trump has the arc. He has the storyline to be finished. He has the support base and he needs his revenge. If it were a flat choice right now, if I could point to someone and say they'd be president, I'd be like, yeah, Vivek. Realistically, what can we accomplish? Trump. I think that's where we're at. But we'll see, man. Times can change. Things can change. I have no idea where this goes. Like Ron DeSantis improved greatly. Nikki Haley apparently did as well. So we'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. What's going on, everybody? We're going to do this one live because uh, it's pretty wild today. And so typically what I do when I'm scouring the news, I'm looking for the big hot topics and things that I uh, think we should be talking about. However, it's uh, particularly interesting today because there's nothing but talk about Donald Trump surrendering the mugshot, but there's no reporting on that until that happens. So it's not like I can produce a segment like, oh, hey, guys, Trump's going to be arrested again. And then we have this in real time updating. The police are showing up. There's people outside. Protests are forming. And so, uh, no, I typically typically have to record several segments before we get to that. And then, of course, we have more updates coming out with the GOP debate, more commentary. And so all of this lends itself to a better live segment for this channel than breaking it down into segments of the day like I normally do, which I kind of don't like doing. But I, I, I'm sorry, ain't nothing I can do about it. We got too much fractured news, big, big news happening today. So this warrants a live stream. So uh, smash that like button, become a member, uh, send in super chats, ask questions. We'll make this a, a much more super chat focused uh, conversation. But we do got a bunch of stories. We've got obviously the one we have on screen, Trump to be arrested in Georgia. Trump obviously had that massive interview with Tucker Carlson, 200 million views, of which I think it's fair to say maybe 20 or so million, probably maybe more, maybe 30 or so actually watched a substantive portion 
of that. Many others probably just saw it, heard about it, watched clips, uh, snippets of it on the uh, on X, formerly known as Twitter. We got Vivek skyrocketing. We got bricks expanding. We got talk about Prigogine assassination. This is just too much going on, too much going on. So get in your super chats and uh, we'll uh, I'll take some of the uh, questions from you guys so we can expand on some of these news concepts. But I'll give you a general breakdown. We got a lot of news coming out right now. We've got a, a mix of people talking about who won the debate. Most people saying Vivek. And I think big news here is that if you go to Google Trends, you can see Vivek Ramaswamy stealing the show yesterday with two million plus searches. The next biggest search was Inter Miami with 500,000. So Vivek is obviously stealing the show. We've got, of course, as I already mentioned, Trump to be arrested. Live coverage from NBC News. NBC News, of course, I think is trash. They're partisans. You know, surprise, surprise. But uh, here we go. And then, of course, we'll, we'll start with this one. But I do want to make sure we talk about BRICS block growing. Saudi Arabia and other and Mideast powers. Yo, Egypt, Argentina, Argentina, Ethiopia, UAE also invited to join the bloc. So I think what we can see here is tremendous. We've got concerns about a Chinese sub crashing near the Taiwan Strait. Oh, boy, this is going to be interesting. So I want to start with talk about Trump and his arrest. There's uh, uh, what I would have preferred to have done is actually just give you a more substantive full segment on it. But as I said, news days like this can be particularly hectic because right now all of the big political talk and news is debate over the debate. And then we are sitting here waiting to see what happens with Trump. We have this post. What happens if Trump violates his Fulton County bond conditions? After Donald Trump surrenders to Fulton County authorities Thursday, the former president will be released from custody in Georgia under an already agreed upon set of conditions, including a $200,000 bond. As part of the conditions, Trump will be prohibited from doing anything a judge could interpret as an effort to intimidate co-defendants or witnesses or otherwise obstruct the administration of justice. So that's where we're at right now. We got some MAGA fans think pro-Trump rally near Atlanta jail is an FBI setup. Ryan Riley, you love the guy. Uh, Ryan, was he the guy who thought earplugs were rubber bullets? I think that might be him. So, uh, you know, some of these guys, I'm not super convinced that they're uh, well versed in what's going on. Let's see what we got here. I got a bunch of tabs pulled up and I want to highlight this one particularly. We talked about it last night on Timcast IRL, but it bears repeating in this context as we await to see what happens with Donald Trump and the arrest. Shout out to uh, Dan Bongino here. Uh, Let me play the video for you. Folks, I don't think the Trump team should post the bond. I don't. This may sound like a crazy idea, but folks, we're living in crazy times. And crazy times require different, crazy, bold approaches. Fannie Willis wants to be a smart-ass tyrant, little socialist communist like she is down in Fulton County, Georgia. Don't post. Don't post the bond. You know, jail them. Let's elect our first political prisoner. Go ahead. That's right. Go to jail. Let the Secret Service shut the entire jail down, and we'll see how long you're willing to keep this charade going. Let him put him in jail for a bit. Folks, I know it sounds crazy. Let the Secret Service shut that entire floor down, because remember, Title 18 USC 3056, and I believe 1752, The Secret Service has the absolute federal authority, the supremacy clause. They can declare anything, a federally protected area, even a prison cell. They can clear out that entire wing of the prison and make sure Donald Trump 
never sees another human being in that prison other than the Secret Service. I wouldn't post. I agree with them for the most part. I don't know if I agree there. Do I really believe the Secret Service would to help Donald Trump shut down this entire jail or a floor of it? I hear what Dan's saying, and I agree with his, his, his plan. I don't know if I agree with that point, but let me, let me finish out what he said. You may think it's a crazy idea. I don't think so. Folks, you've seen people around the world take a stand like this, and it's easy for me to say, I, I get it. I wouldn't be the one in a prison cell. But you want to send a message? Let's see. Let's see what happens. We should hold protests outside of that prison cell every single day. Don't post. Don't post the bond. Make them put you in jail and make them show America their asses and show America who they really are. Dan's great. And let's see how long this lasts. <laughs> He's Folks, right. I think the F around and find out the time has long since passed. Absolutely. 100% correct on his uh, strategic vision for what Trump should do. The only thing I disagree on is I, I'm not sure the Secret Service would go as far as he claimed. That's that's not really material to the actual statement he's making. I got to say, too, uh, when you look at this NBC News, they're saying some MAGA fans think the pro-Trump rally near Atlanta is a is an FBI setup. Yeah, uh, let's be let's be real. The FBI is going to have people there. They're going to have undercovers. So watch out for that. Uh, I, I, I agree with Dan on the don't post bond because they're, they're playing a game of chicken with Trump. They cannot jail him. It's not about whether the Secret Service can shut things down. It's whether or not they are prepared for what it means to actually remand Trump. I think they want him in jail. I just don't think they want him in jail in a way that will shock the system. I would not be surprised if they tried to remand Trump. And I wouldn't be surprised if when Trump shows up, the judge says, you know what? I know you negotiated $200,000. Don't know. Don't care. I don't agree with those terms. Bang. Remand. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. I just don't think that's likely. Right. And it's tough. It's tough because I'm not a psychic. And so my views obviously will change as new information comes out. I think one of the reasons they haven't remanded Trump to custody just yet is that they know it's going to be a windfall for him in terms of support. It's going to terrify moderates. And this is what must be stressed to everybody who says Donald Trump cannot win. Trump lost 2020 by only around 42, 43,000 votes. He does not need that much to win. And, you know, I keep hearing from these anti these never Trumpers when they're saying like, and Trump didn't even do well in 2020. We win over all of that. Trump actually did remarkably well. To be fair, some people say, yeah, well, in the in the at risk swing districts, he didn't do so well. He actually did moderately well. 
There are some surprising things, but I think it's all procedural. We saw Lauren Boebert nearly lost to Adam Frisch. Surprising rural, rural district. But you know what? Mail in voting matters and Republicans are strategically behind the curve. If they pick up the slack, Democrats aren't going to win on policy or on charisma. They ain't got none of it. So here's what I said to supplement what Dan Bongino was saying about protests. Uh, Yes, protests. Here's what I said. If you're going to protest, here's how I would do it. And you don't have to agree with me. I would handcuff myself just like just my wrist together. I would get cuffs. I'd have a key. I'd put my hands in handcuffs and I would get my like my group. We would kneel with signs in front of the prison with signs saying political prisoner, DOJ weaponization and things like that. That way you give the media some red meat. They're going to want to film this. They're going to they're want to show it. Think about how the left handles their protests. What you don't want is disorganized people who are easily subjected to a false flag. That is, if a bunch of people show up and they're starting to do so, and there are feds or undercovers or instigators, provocateurs, Antifa, whatever you think, it will be very, very easy for one of them to chuck a bottle or something like that. And this is what they do. And then fighting breaks out. Then you're going to have a bunch of regular people. In, it's going to be chaos. Then the media is going to be like Trump supporters attack police, blah, blah. No, we don't want one of that. So I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what I would do is I would kneel cuffs and then just be like anybody who throws anything or starts anything ain't with us and ain't a part of this protest because we are here to make a statement, not engage in violence. We think Trump will be found not guilty. We think these charges are BS. The system will prove it. And we are here to have our voices heard again. Just think about how the left handles all of this stuff. When they organize protests, they, they, they play the victim. They make sure, not always, but they try to avoid false flags. I'll give you an example. There was, a, uh, and sometimes leftists know they engage in false flags on purpose. Let me explain. There are organizers. This is, this is a story that I'll keep relatively vague because it's politically contentious. But they described the various people who showed up at the event as green, yellow, red. The normies who were confused and just protesting and shut up, not knowing what was going on. That was the green zone. Then you had people who would usher and control them, maybe go in front of police and yell at them. Yellow and then red were the people who are going to actively engage in, uh, I don't know, direct action, they call it, right? So I don't want to say nonviolence of disobedience. No, they were actually like bolting themselves to things, getting into confrontations. And now here was the issue. Their plan was one, control your crowd and know who's going to be doing what. But they want the regular normie people to be attacked by cops. Yup. So what happens is you see this at Occupy Wall Street. They tell a bunch of people like, hey, it's a, it's a rally. We're going to have you know free drinks and sandwiches and talk. Then now we're going to march. Then once these normies are marching down the street being like, yeah, I don't you know. Donald Trump's bad. One of these guys they call like the direct action committee group, whatever Antifa guys wearing masks will go into the middle of all of these normies, crouch a little bit down and then chuck a water bottle in the air, which will then hit a cop in the head on his helmet, not injuring him. But then the cops are going to be like, this has become an unlawful assembly. Then you've got a bunch of normies in the front confused about what's going on, being like, what just happened? And the cops are now shoving them and hitting them. And they're going, dude, stop hitting me. I don't understand why I'm being hit. And then after it's all said and done, they hope the normies get arrested so they can radicalize them. 
when they get out. So first, you're locked in a cell. They're singing songs together. They're hugging you, saying, don't worry. We'll take care of you. We'll pay your bail. We'll pay your bond. Now, when these people get out, they're like, you see how evil the system is? You didn't even do anything wrong. You were peacefully protesting and they hit you and arrested you. These people are evil. The right doesn't do anything like that. And you know what? Unfortunately, to a certain degree, to their disadvantage, they shouldn't do anything like that. And I'm glad they don't. But that's why I'm saying you got to think about the strategy they have when they're going in. They're thinking about what law enforcement is going to be there, what lawyers they have on site, who their direct action activists are going to be, who are going to actually physically confront people. And then they're innocent victims that they can get on camera. They love to do this. They'll walk up. They'll have a guy with a camera totally in on it. They'll shove a cop or, or do something to instigate and then turn the camera on. And you'll see on video the cop walking up to somebody and shoving him with a baton or pinning him down. And they'll be like, oh, you don't need to do anything, man. You didn't do anything. And then, of course, the videos that go viral show the cop just arresting a guy who's got his hands up going like this and shaking. What they don't show you is the five seconds before where that guy with his hands up shaking slugged the cop. They know the power of propaganda. People on the right, libertarians, post-liberals. I'd say one of the advantages that conservatives have right now is that the left has pushed out so many moderates that now you're seeing art, entertainment and organizational power going and assisting conservatives who typically were never good at this. That, that I think will be interesting. So in the meantime, we're just waiting on updates. I don't I don't I don't even think Trump is actually going to surrender uh, for some time now. Today, at some point, he'll be surrendering. We also do have big news as it pertains to Fannie Willis. So let's jump in here. And again, um, hop in your get 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 the super chats uh, if you'd like. In between stories, I'll try and read uh, a couple super chats and then uh, have that supplement the conversation or soliloquy. I don't know, whatever. Forbes says GOP led House Judiciary Committee will reportedly open an investigation into Fannie Willis. I am not too upset with the actions taken by the GOP right now. We'd like more action. We complain about strongly worded letters. I think that's all legitimate. We have to keep pressure on them. But I also want to consider to what degree are we willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that they are waiting until the election cycle heats up? That's the that's the difficult thing. Why isn't Matt Gates having Kevin McCarthy removed? I like Matt Gates. I, I think he's 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 a he's a Republican firebrand. He's he's uh, uh, he means what he says. He actually makes a lot of moves that I respect. One of the very few in Congress that I do. I don't think Matt Gates is sitting there being like, oh, gee, gosh, darn it. I guess we can't do anything about this because he was part of the group that actually got that. Uh, um, when they voted for a speaker, they included in the rules that they can have they can challenge him and have him removed. So then people are like, why aren't they doing anything? I'd, I'd like to ask him and uh, we'll be able to soon. We're doing an event with them. But I really do think a possibility, not that I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, is that they're going to wait until 2024 to start ramping things up in terms of criminal referrals and uh, heavy subpoenas against people in the administration because it will have a bigger political impact. That being said, I want to believe, but I'm not sure I trust them anyway. Too many neocons. You take a look at the uh, debate last night with Nikki Haley being like, we need war and everyone cheering for it. Yeah, OK. The, the most laughable thing is how Fox News, I think they do this on purpose. They're they're desperately trying to make you a leftist. They really are. That's why they're getting rid of Tucker Carlson. And that's why they, they boo Vivek Ramaswamy when he says climate change is a hoax. I'm sorry. He said the climate change agenda is a hoax. You see, 
smart guy. I'd say I actually agree with Vivek and how he how he handled this when he explained the agenda is a hoax. Yeah, because if they legitimately were concerned about climate change, they would be buying beachfront property, which shows their agenda is a hoax. I think it's fair to say if scientists are tracking climate change, climate change may be happening. But the reality is these people are not investing as though they're actually concerned about it. Here are the reports about Fannie Willis. The Republican-led House Judiciary Committee is expected to launch an investigation into Fulton County, Georgia. District Attorney Fannie Willis, CNN reports, as former President Donald Trump surrenders himself to authorities after Willis's office indicted him and his allies for trying to overturn the 2020 election. The committee, led by Trump ally Rep. Jim Jordan, could open an investigation as soon as Thursday, the same day Trump is slated to turn himself in. CNN reports based on an anonymous source. The probe is expected to focus on whether Willis was coordinating with federal prosecutors in the DOJ regarding her investigation into Trump and his allies, and whether any federal funds were used as part of her probe. Willis previously denied she had any contact with special counsel Jack Smith, who's running the DOJ's two investigations into Trump. Quote, I don't know what Jack Smith is doing, and Jack Smith doesn't know what I'm doing. That doesn't mean that she doesn't have some kind of contact. Quote, in all honesty, if Jack Smith was standing next to me, I'm not sure I would know who he was, Willis told WABE in July. My guess is he probably can't pronounce my name correctly. I mean, we're probably not pronouncing her name correctly. And it was it Fanai. I don't know. Trump is expected to surrender to authorities in uh, to authorities Thursday in Georgia. He'll be booked on two hundred thousand dollars bond. I think Trump should. I think Bongino's right to go back to that point. He should reject this and then put him to the test. I'm willing to bet there's a strong probability they back down and say, OK, fine, you can leave. Make them show their cards, man. But look, Trump is not the guy who wants to go to jail. I don't even think Trump is the fiercest culture warrior that we have. He's just. I don't know, boisterous, aggressive, strong enough to do what we need right now. And I hope he gets revenge. I hope he wants revenge. After watching, uh, I only watched parts of the Tucker, uh, uh, Tucker Trump interview key points. Uh, I know many of you guys. So I, I'm interested in what you guys think. So again, chat, let me know what you thought about it. I do think some of the some of the answers were typical Trump fair. Trump's not going to come out and be like Epstein was Epstein. You know what I mean? He's not going to come out very, very boldly and strongly on some of these core Internet issues, things that even Tucker Carlson has no problem being a bit more uh, strong about or being strong on. So I, I think there I think Vivek is a stronger culture warrior. But that doesn't necessarily mean it is Vivek's time to be president. Trump's got the base. He's got he's got uh, uh, with his first term, the economy was doing great. So people really like that possibility. Trump can ride that. We were talking with Sora Bamari last night. He said none of this matters. What matters is economics. Yeah. Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com slash Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. 
I saw someone post. I don't know where they posted it. Was it? I don't know if it was in the chat here or on Twitter. Someone said that they were, <clears throat> excuse me, buying a, a sheet cake for a birthday party. It was seventy dollars, and they were like, "Yo, this is hitting us hard." Have you guys seen those videos where it's like buying a hundred dollars worth of groceries in twenty twenty three, and there's like nothing there? It's like one thing of orange juice, a thing of eggs, some bread, and that's it. I gotta say, look, man. Families need help. And this is why I think Oliver Anthony hit the nail on the head when he said, if you're five foot three and 300 pounds, taxes ought not be paying for your bags of fudge rounds. Because this is what I think about. We've got morbidly obese Americans, and then we have families that can't afford to buy food. Something is broken here. And the prospect of a better economy, I mean, Trump, people who remember the Trump era, they're going to know it. And all that matters is you're going to hear a political ad and it's going to show it's going to show Donald Trump smiling and waving and it's going to go under Donald Trump's leadership gas prices hit $1.43 nationally then it's going to go red and be like under Joe Biden gasoline has risen to $4 blah 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 that matters that is probably i, I bet gas prices is the is the largest of the lowest common denominators like it's the lowest common denominator. The one thing that unifies people more than anything else, gas prices. Not everybody. Some people care about social justice and they'll vote based on that. But that's a small fraction of people. The average person has varying interests and concerns from foreign policy to health care to domestic policy borders and, th- and things like that. Maybe some social justice issues. But economics, man, the economy tends to be king. Now, typically, if you're asked, if you were to ask somebody what is the most important issue, I think Gallup shows that it's actually only around like nine to 20 percent, like 10 to 20 percent that say the economy is their biggest issue. However, the economy tends to be in the top issues for everyone, whatever their principal issue is, meaning of all of the issues available, you will score the most vo- votes by winning on on economics. So that well, that gets me into what's going on with BRICS. And uh, before we get into it, I'll try and grab some super chats from all of y'all. And uh, I don't normally do these streams like this, but considering the the rapid fire of news, this is, for those that are just tuning in, uh, the rapid fire of news made it difficult for me to just do a segment on one thing because they're all like three to five minute bang, bang, bang. And we're waiting on updates for Trump's surrender. So we'll probably stream for just over an hour here or, or a little bit longer. Before we jump into bricks and what this means, I want to do I want to read some super chats from you guys. So uh, smash the like button, super chat if you want to support the the stream, share the stream right now wherever you can. If you really do want to help, word of mouth uh, is really, really effective. You can listen to the full audio podcast Monday through Thursday, the Tim Pool Daily Show on all podcast platforms. That really helps. Um, But I want to mention real quickly. BRICS is a rival to NATO and Western powers, and they want to launch their own currency. They want it. They want to trade dollars in their. I'm sorry, trade uh, oil in their currency. We are looking at a bifurcation of the global order, which many of you may be happy to see the new world order, the liberal world order getting some comeuppance. Just know you will be you will see your standard of living drop dramatically because the United States has an artificial expansion of its economy through fractional reserve banking and the petrodollar. And that means if we uphold our true values of securing this country. I'll put it this way. Trump is right. If we secure our borders, if we bring back manufacturing, if we uh, defend the nuclear family, we will not face a hard fall when competing with BRICS. But if we do things the neolib and the neocon way and we think war is our way out of this, we lose. 
But let's read some super chats and I'll come back to this. What do we got here? We got Freedom Jeffrey says, Tim, will there be a mugshot and what will he do in the picture? I already have in my mind what the mugshot's going to look like. It's going to be Trump like this. That's it. I don't think he's going to smile or smirk. He's just going to stand there and be like, okay, you know, whatever. And he's going he's gonna to mosey on his merry way. Uh, I, I do think that mugshot will be the greatest fundraising tool Donald Trump has ever been gifted. Seriously. What they're doing with arresting Trump, I know a lot of people are, are upset about it. Yo, regular people are getting freaked out at what's going on. Not every single one. Okay. But I'm telling you, I talk to people I know who are politically uninitiated. They don't pay attention. They're just like, dude, what's happening, man? Like, I just want to skate. I just want to go to Wingstop. Why? They're arresting Trump. It's pissing people off. Not that I'm saying it makes them support Trump. I'm saying all of this is just imagine taking an air horn and blasting a random person in the face with it. They're like, stop, stop, just shut up. So I think this is going to cost Democrats. I'm not saying it, it, it makes Trump gain. All right, where are we at? Jason Dixon says, what is this live poppycock? Well, I'll mention it again. You know, I'm sitting here. I got all these stories pulled up and I'm like, which one do I do for the 1 p.m. segment, the 4 p.m.? Like, dude, I can't because right now you got so much conversation about the debate rapidly evolving. New comments are coming up, video clips, funny video clips. You've got brick stuff dropping. And I'm like, all right, all right, we're going live, baby. The, Do- the Doge bird says, sup, dude, Vivek is going to blow them all away. Let's be real. He's the one we, we need right now for America to actually succeed. Trump Ramaswamy 2024 sounds hot, but it is still early. We're a year out. We will see how things develop. Vivek is running the campaign Ron should have run, especially after the showing last night. A ton of outlets are saying that Ron DeSantis got sidelined. Uh, I think actually, do I have that one pulled up? Newsweek. Ron DeSantis blew his big chance. Yikes, man. Yikes. I, I, I'm sad to hear. It. I thought some of his answers were actually really good, but let's, let's grab some more. Zorark Graf said, will you go on Club Random with Bill Maher to tell him that his so-called fake electors have historical precedent? Whichever candidate helps truckers like myself will get my vote. We'll make America great and work. Oh, we have been trying to get Bill Maher to come out here for some time now. And uh, he actually was in D.C. recently doing, I think he was doing stand-up at MGM National Harbor. And so I reach out to my team and I'm like, guys, can we reach out to Bill Maher's people and see if he has time to come out? I am not offended, nor is it is there anything wrong with him saying he can't do it. The guy hosts his own show and does stand-up. So when they were like, he's out here for the weekend, he's not going to want to do a show. I'm like, nah, I, I totally get it, man. I totally get it. So we reached out to Bill Maher's people recently and said, hey, the writer's strike. Uh, real time's not on the air, I believe. Can we get him to come out and join the show? And uh, come on the culture war for a one on one. And they said he the, the gist of it is, yo, homie don't want to travel right now. I don't blame him. He has no reason. to. OK, fine. I get asked to go on a ton of shows all the time. I just typically say I'm not interested. Like, eh, whatever. I should. Right. Uh, it's not like Tim. Tim Cast IRL has uh, I think it's the it's on average the most viewed live show every night. We're typically the top of YouTube.com slash live in terms of viewership. We do about 36 to 50,000 concurrent viewers on, on, on every show. It averages probably around like high 30s right now. We're out of the, the political season is just ramping up, so it'll probably increase. And I think we could do with uh, promotion and I, I should go on other shows, but I'm just like, 
dude, I didn't get into this because I'm trying to be the biggest podcast in the world or anything like that. I just want to do my thing, talk about what I want to talk about. But I do think it's probably it would be a bit more responsible if I did better marketing. That being said, we uh, uh, I reached out to my people and said, tell them we will do a week in Los Angeles. I hate L.A., by the way, but we will set up a studio in L.A. for the week and do what we normally do if it means we can have Bill Maher on Friday morning culture war or I can go on Club Random and have that one on one conversation. I think it would be really interesting. I've been a fan of Bill Maher since I was a teenager. I remember I'm like 18, hanging out with my friends. We were watching that stuff. I remember I was a little kid when Politically Correct was on. Uh, I didn't really care for it back then. But when I was in my late teens, much more active in politics and activism and stuff, used to watch Bill Maher all the time, which makes sense. Let's read some more. All right, where are we at? UP Shoot says, IRL airs at 2 a.m. for me. So I'll ask here, did you invite Dr. Steve Turley and or Pastor Jack Gibbs on the show? Uh, What was the latter, especially for ballot harvesting? Um, I think that they're on our radar, but I don't do booking. So uh, there are sometimes I'll be like, hey, can we get this person on the show? Like with Bill Maher, I'll, I reached out. But usually the people who handle book handle booking just book people. And I don't, I don't know who they're booking and I have no uh, I, don't, I have no idea what's going on. So uh, I do have a calendar, which I track and see when people are invited. Sometimes people move around. Sometimes we have to intervene and be like, yo, we got to get this guest because this thing's happening. But uh, usually I'm uninvolved. But Steve Turley would be would, would be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. We'll grab some more. What do we got? Oh, is that someone asked about Vivek on IRL? Man, Vivek, uh, he's too big for us now, right? Nilfinity says, any plans to get Vivek on IRL? Also, do you think RFK Jr. is right about the power of podcasts and selection? Keep on keeping on, man. Love, uh, love your all's work. We've had Vivek on IRL twice and Culture War once. Vivek came on when we were in Arizona. He, he joined us at Charlie Kirk's studio. We were using Charlie's studio to do IRL because we had some kind of like glitch or something. So shout out to Charlie Kirk. Really appreciate that. It was, it was really cool to be in Charlie's studio. It was super fun. And Vivek joined us and I was like, dude, this guy's amazing. We then had him come on the culture war for a one-on-one. And I'm like, dude, I want to vote for you. I was like, he's like the same age. He's a few months older than me. He sees a lot of exactly what we see as these like, you know, look, liberals used to believe in tradition, believe in family values. Where are they at, man? Left has taken over. I love the answers he gave on war and all that stuff. He then joined when I was out of town, unfortunately. I was bummed. Uh, I feel really, really bad about it. I had to go to the doctor, man. And it was a last minute thing. Uh, there was a, there was a, uh, yeah. He ended up coming on and he did a really great job hanging out with Seamus Coglin of Freedom Tunes, who was hosting in my absence. But yo, Vivek is always welcome to come on whenever. He is he is having conversations with everybody. He's hitting the nail on the head with the hammer. I, I think he's doing tremendous and uh, he's always welcome back. But now I got to tell you, after last night, old Vivek's probably too big for us. Dude, he's he is prime time. He is the top. Everybody's saying he stole the show. I completely agree. All right. AJ says, take action. Don't ask permission. You won't win in a rigged game. I hear that. What do we got? Sean Wright. Dems will never quit. What do you think will be better? Uh, better their next. What, what do you think will be their next move? Sorry, if Trump actually gets nomination, the nomination. Everything they're doing right now, I see, is desperation. Right, culturally, we're winning everything. We, we the Bud Light thing proves it. Target proves it. When, uh, Sound of Freedom proves it. What are the 180 million plus dollars on a 15 million dollar budget? The investors are getting paid back a 20 percent return plus their money. That's amazing. It's huge. If you told me I could make an investment and next year I'd be up 20%, I'd be like, sign me up, dude. Absolutely incredible. 
you take a look at uh, um, the 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 backlash and the positive Richmond north of Richmond. Yo, culturally, we are starting to win. And I think a component of it is people like me, people like you, a lot of regular people who used to be default or passive liberal who understood art creativity have now shifted over for a variety of reasons. Maybe Trump. This means that conservatives, very smart, good with logic, now have people with past activism, organizational experience, create creative experience. You take a look at where conservative art or like religious cartoons used to be, and it was just like always cringe. Now- okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, you got Sound of Freedom. You got Richmond North of Richmond. You've got a real push into a, an anti-establishment, more right-leaning space from people who are in the arts. And that culture allows you to control the system. Politics is downstream from culture. Breitbart knew it very well. Atomic Blitz says Brandon Herrera is running for Texas 23rd District. Would you consider bringing him on your show? He is coming on the show. We're really excited. Um, I, I think he's coming on very, very soon. So uh, super cool. All right. Let's, uh, we'll grab this last one before we jump into... Uh, we jump into uh, the BRICS article. Guga Saman says President of Brazil wants a single currency for the BRICS with the intention of saving indebted countries like Argentina. But Putin in August rejected it. This should be interesting. Let's talk about where you may end up and why it is probably important you know about what's going on with BRICS. Bloomberg reports major emerging market nations invited top oil exporter Saudi Arabia. Iran, Egypt, Argentina, Ethiopia, and the Emirates to join their bloc in a push to expand its global influence. Leaders from Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa agreed to enlarge their BRICS group from January 1st at a summit held in Johannesburg. President, uh, uh, South African President C.O. Ramaphosa said Thursday, it'll be the first expansion since 2010. The inclusion of Saudi Arabia, the world's largest oil exporter alongside Russia, Iran, the UAE, and Brazil brings together several of the largest energy producers with the developing world's biggest consumers giving the bloc outsized economic clout. With most of the world's energy uh, trade taking place in dollars, the expansion could also enhance its ability to push more trade to alternative currencies. Quote, we have a consensus on the first phase of this expansion process and other phases will follow. Ramaphosa said at the beginning of the uh, uh, joint briefing with the group's leaders, agreement had also been reached on the need to overhaul the global financial uh, architecture and key institutions to make the world world more equitable, inclusive, and representative, he said. An expanded BRICS would also mean more say for the alliance in world affairs and may lead to a different type of global economy, according to Bloomberg Economics. That's because in comparison to the group of seven, the BRICS are less market-oriented. So here's, I'll, I'll simplify it for you. The petrodollar. The U.S. doesn't export enough. Most countries have to be net exporters to maintain a strong economy. They have to sell more than they buy. Makes sense, right? Think about it for yourself. If you're spending more, if uh, I'm sorry, they have, to sell more, they have to sell more than they're buying, right? What, what did I say? Okay. A nation needs to export more than they are, than, uh, export more products than they are bringing in. 
So imagine your house. You make, uh, let's just do units, like just simplify. 100 bucks a week. I know that's not realistic. I'm just saying, let's make it 100%. If you're spending 200% of your income every week, you are losing money. You are going to become poor. So you need to make more money than you are spending. Then what happens? Your savings grows, giving you the ability to buy more things later on, reinvest it, see a return on investment and things like that. But if you're constantly, this is why living paycheck to paycheck is so rough. That's what the U.S. does. The U.S. prints money, quantitative easing, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Taxes effectively, just according to uh, basically modern monetary theories, taxes are pulled out just to control for inflation. That's it. When they're like, we need to raise taxes on the rich. That's not funding anything. They fund whatever they want whenever they spend money. So they're giving they're giving money to war. And then what, what do we do? Well, it's because of war we maintain this position. If you want to buy oil anywhere in the world, you got to use dollars. But now we're seeing countries start to use yuan. The BRICS nations want to launch their own gold-backed currency, and they want these other countries to trade with them. That means the U.S., no leverage. We are not manufacturing enough. Now, we, we manufacture culture, movies, Hollywood. But what does that really mean at this point? Now you've got Hollywood bending the knee to China, taking the Tibetan flag off of things. Uh, they're, they're putting the dotted lines in some movies showing the South China Sea. They want to make money. They're taking black people off of posters because they don't want to offend Chinese audience. That's cultural control, man. We need to. Uh, this, is why, this is why Trump is correct. Secure our border. Boost our, our infrastructure. We need jobs here in the United States. We need to manufacture here in the United States because if BRICS makes this move, we got one of two choices, baby. World War Three or a strong domestic economy so we can sustain ourselves. Instead, the fight seems to be people like Nikki Haley, who says we should be at war. Okay, good luck with that. World War Three ain't going to be pretty. I don't want to live in poverty. I don't want the U.S. to lose standing. I love this country. But war and conquest ain't going to supply this country forever. They want this liberal economic order. They say, just use our money. Yeah, well, too many corrupt crackpots have exploited the system for too long and people are getting sick of it. The CIA's exploits overseas ain't making you any friends. And you're opening up the door for places like China and Russia to come in and shut us down. Terrible stewards of this great gift in this country. It's unfortunate. Let's jump over to, uh, let's see if we got any updates over on uh, uh, Trump here, NBC. 15 minutes ago, what do we have here? Raffensperger is subpoenaed to testify at Meadows hearing. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We'll jump back to this, but first we'll grab some super chats. All right, we got Clint Torres saying, Tim, I think Michael Knowles made a brilliant point today about folks that argue that we should let 2020 go. With them arresting Trump and anyone who tried to help him sort out 20, uh, 2020, how can we? It's, it, it's true. We just got to be careful that, look, Trump's got his base. Oh, we got an update again already. Trump's got his base, all right, and his core followers. No new surrenders. All right, they say um, as of 12.15 p.m., there are no new surrenders of co-defendants jail records show. Okay, so we're just waiting for Trump. We need to win over and wake up regular people. I don't know that Trump accomplishes that by talking about 2020. However, you can advocate for your friends and family to get on Twitter, a.k.a. X. Or I should say X, formerly known as Twitter, and just be like, well, look, we don't got to argue or debate. Just, you know, hang, come, come on Twitter and, you know, I can share things with you. It'll be fun. Don't argue with them. Don't make them angry. If you're at a family gathering and you got your Democrat aunt being like, well, Trump's bad and be like, OK, well, like, I don't, I don't want to argue with you. Like, I hear what you're saying. 
you should you should sign up for X because then we can we can talk more and you can send me stuff. They'll, they'll say yes. Be like, if they say, did you know that Trump do this and you know it's a lie or you know it's not true or you disagree? Here's what I'd say. I'd be like, honestly, I, I didn't hear that. And they're like, well, how did you not hear? I'd be like, I don't know. Maybe I'm not seeing the things you're seeing. I'm, are you on Twitter? Are you on X? I'm like, no, I'm like, you should sign up. Then you can send me that stuff. Then what happens? They get on the platform. They start getting exposed to a wide array of information. I'm not saying it makes any Democrat turn right wing. There are Democrats and liberals and leftists on Twitter, but give them access to the network, to more information so they can at least start seeing other things. Otherwise, what, they're going to watch MSNBC all day? Nah, that's not the way to do it. Getting people on Twitter, I think, is a, is a, is a power move. Where are we at? Ray C says, should get Tore Morris from Tore Says show on IRL. Uh, you know, I'll see what our bookers are doing. I think I skipped over. Uh, here we go. Sevi Rose says, Vivek is running for president. Pence is running for someone else's vice president. But Christy, oh, Christy, he's running to be Pence's chief of staff for a presidency that will never happen. Christie is the worst. He's got all these Democrats cheering for him. They're like, yeah, Chris Christie stole the show. Oh, okay. That's going to win over Republicans. The MSNBC crowd. To be fair, there's an argument to be made for converting Democrats to, to, to vote Republican. Fine, I guess. But if you're going to sacrifice the entire conservative base to win over 3% of the MSNBC crowd, good luck. You're going to need it. Guitar player 1939 says, what do you think people should do if climate activists block the road? I saw a video from Ford Fisher. A lady gets out and just pushes them and then fans the car through. That would require having a driver and a passenger. Depends. Uh, I got to be honest. The climate change activists, I, I, I'm, I'm glad they're blocking the road. It's a good thing that they're blocking the road because uh, blocking the road makes people hate them. Okay, I'll take the win. Dude, in this video, some guy tried gluing his hand to the road. My guy, you need to understand glue. Has anyone here listening ever tried to glue metal together? Okay, it doesn't work too well. The way glue works, it bonds. It depends on the glue, I suppose. But super glue, it might work really well on your hand because your hand has a bunch of grooves and bumps and stuff like that. Piece of metal, probably not going to work too well bonding with fat, flat, smooth metal. An asphalt, choppy, but I don't know what kind of glue he had, but the cops poured water on his hand and then his hand came right off and the guy looks at it like, what just happened? Like the glue came off. They poured water on it. That was absolutely amazing. I think it's possible the glue just didn't set, but these guys blocked the road. Some lady pushed them out of the way. And then you get people coming out of their cars being like, what are you doing? Yo, the best PR for Republicans is... If you vote for Joe Biden, you're going to get a bunch more of these people sitting on the highway, stopping you from going to work. Now, vote for us. We're going to do the right thing. <clears throat> We're going to make the economy better. We're not going to support these wingnuts. And they'll say, no, if we if we vote for Republicans, we'll get more of those activists. No, you won't. Think about it wrong. The activists are pandering to Democrats because they're in office. If Republicans are in office, blocking the road does nothing. Ain't no Republican going to listen to you. They're doing this because they're Democrat voters and they know Democrat politicians will do what they say. So if these climate activists are looking at a Republican administration, blocking the road serves no purpose because not a single Republican politician is going to go, oh, there go the voters again, demanding that we shut down oil fields. Now you're wasting your time and they know it. So yeah, don't vote for those, those, those wingnuts. <clears throat> Timothy Keaton said, Vivek 
said he wouldn't accept VP. You know, there's saying and there's doing, to be completely honest. I don't think Vivek genuinely believes he's going to win the nomination. I think he's doing a tremendous job and I don't know where he goes, but come on, let's be real. Unless Trump is physically removed, then Vivek is not going to be the nominee. However, you know, if Trump is disqualified or they do something, maybe that's the plan. And Vivek knows that would be bad. That's why he said they shouldn't do it this way. But maybe he also realizes, look, in the event that Trump gets removed, there's going to need to be someone who can take that place at the very least. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know what his plan is, but I know he's a smart guy and I know he knows how politics work, uh, works. So we'll see, man. All right. Where are we at? Jay Marie says gulags are next and we are the target. Yikes. Yeah, well, they're investigating James O'Keefe. I don't trust them, man. This is freaky stuff. Andre Tukalescu says two women had their hands amputated from gluing. What? Where was that? Let me uh, let me search for that. Women hands amputated gluing. When was that? Activist. Whoa, was this just last month? They might need an amputation. These people are. Oh, man. Oh, apparently. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This is crazy. Let me pull this one up. Let me give you guys this segment. Here we go. Yeah, I Googled it. Take a look at this. India.com. Activists in Germany glued themselves to the road and they might need amputation of the hand. They say in a fresh dang protest move, climate activists from the last generation group in Hamburg and Dusseldorf infiltrated runways. Uh, Eco-activists in Germany used a concrete and epoxy resin mixture to glue their hands to the asphalt in protest. Tragically, the consequences may require potential amputation of their hands. Yeah. The glue can be removed and no concrete is involved. German sources have interviewed, uh, have interviewed from similar protests. I don't know if that's actually correct because I'll, I'll tell you something. I don't know if they got their hands. Maybe it's not the same story, but uh, I'll tell you this. I think it's called an exothermic reaction. Um, when concrete sets, it heats up. So uh, I love science, don't you? So uh, science, you have a liquid that is rapidly becoming a solid. Liquid is when the particles are bouncing around and it moves around. The, the more energy applied or depending on the, the, the matter's cohesion, it can be gaseous at room temperature, liquid at room temperature, solid at room temperature, blah, blah, blah. You get the point. For a substance such as concrete, it is rapidly solidifying, which means there are ener there's energy within there that in order for it to solidify has to go somewhere else. So there are all these stories about people putting their hands in concrete and then start screaming as their hand starts melting. Yeah. Don't mess around with that stuff, which is why there was a big concern about throwing uh, concrete milkshakes at people because it could burn you. There's also uh, if you do, if you've ever seen those videos where they put like salt on someone and put an ice block on it, the salt changes the uh, freezing point of the ice, causing it to melt. And then what happens, I think what happens is it freezes really quickly. The, the ice has to absorb ambient energy in order to liquefy as the, uh, the chemical state changes. And so when they put salt in your hand, it it free. It, it's like it's not really burning. It's rapid freezing, causing damage. It's also how you can make ice cream. You make ice cream in one way. They, the way they used to do it was take ice. They put salt then they put a bowl in it. And the salt hitting the ice would cause the ambient energy to be sucked up really quick. And then they could stir the cream and it would become ice cream. Science. I had an old ice cream maker that did that. You put ice in a cylinder and then you poured salt and it closed it and then put ice in the middle and you cranked it. I think it was like a kid's toy. 
And then that causes the cream to churn and then freeze and become ice cream really quickly. It's kind of funny. Uh, when I did it, I screwed up and the salt got in the ice cream and it tasted terrible. But, you know, that's just me. All right. One of one says Fox News. Ramaswamy was already a millionaire when he accepted Soros Award and said he needed to pay for law school. Your thoughts? I None. Look, man, there, there are a lot of people that are saying, oh, you know, uh, Ramaswamy did this and did that. And I'm like, I don't know that past behavior guarantees future behavior. It's indicative of. But people change. Change a lot. I said I'd never vote for Trump. And then I came around because things changed. I said, oh, I was wrong about that. Early on in the pandemic, I was I was in agreement with Trump on spending and on lockdowns because I'm, I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going on. Hindsight is 2020. So I, I don't I don't know what to say other than if someone comes out and says, I will do this thing then I'm going to be like, then I vote for that. Can you trust any of these people? Probably not. Will Vivek get elected and probably do things you don't like? I bet he does. They all do. They all do. That's why it's just like, I don't know, whatever. And that's why Trump is the guy. Trump tried really hard to uphold these, keep up, keep up these promises. He did let us down a lot of ways. He should have gone after Hillary. He didn't do it. But I, I don't know, man. It's tough. It really is. Everyone's got bad, bad baggage. Be, that, to be fair, though, Ramaswamy, when the World Economic Forum put him on their website, he sued them and got his, or I think he threatened a lawsuit, got his name removed. Here we go. Saddle effing Trump says, Tim is right. Me and Tucker got my boomer mother on the artist formerly known as Twitter. Right. And then what you do is you recommend people to follow. You don't want to just slam people with the most egregious, like far right MAGA MAGA personalities. You tell them just to sign up and follow you. And then you retweet stuff and they'll see it. And then instead of being like, did you know that Joe Biden said quid pro quo? If you don't fire the prosecutor, you're not going to billion dollars. That never happened. Instead of arguing with them, you just like retweet the video. And then one day they're scrolling and they see it. And like, what's this? Then they'll ask you, like, what was that video you posted? Biden was saying something about withholding money. Be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's like a famous thing that happened. That's what they're investigating for. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then you could, they'll see numbers. They'll see polls. It's not perfect, but that's a strong way to do it. Colton Raider says, hey, Tim, have you tried bringing on Rodney Radke from the metal band Falling in Reverse? He has some great cultural songs. Would love to hear from him with Phil. Actually, that'd be really cool if we if Phil wanted to go on the culture war, we could have him and Rodney. You know, what I really would love to do, though, is uh, I would love we're, we're so we have this area to my left in the in the studio. We're going to clear all that out and we're going to set up a music space. That was originally the plan early on and we never got around to it. That's why we actually have a camera that can point over there. Uh, we'll probably set up a new camera or something that effect. But I'd love to get for one. We've asked Phil. Uh, Labonte, if all that remains, would want to do a set because, you know, he's here. He's a, he's a recurring guest of the show. And I was like, we can convince. He's, he's like, well, if I can convince the guys, and I was like, I have a surefire method of convincing people money. And he starts laughing. He's like, OK, it's like a paid gig. I'm like, for sure, man. The defiant Pete Parada. Oh, man. And um, uh, his, his new band, he's got a bunch of there's a bunch of prominent individuals in it. These are guys that were screwed over by the machine that said, we're not going to fall in line with your mandates. I recommend checking out their new song, Dead Language. It's really good. You know, Richmond, north of Richmond is so simple and clear. You can understand it right away. And with the full band song like Dead Language from the Defiant, it is a bit more difficult to parse through what they're saying. Not too difficult, but I think they, they hit the message. They, 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 they nail it. They're basically, oh man, I love the line in the song. He says, I should have died at 27 like my heroes before, but I was too busy having fun. 
it's crazy, man. These guys a little bit older now are looking at how things have fallen apart and they were just too busy not paying attention. And then he says, we were too busy getting dumb. And then it shows a TV saying two plus two equals five. Yo, they are calling out exactly what we're calling out. But, uh, you know, sometimes songs pop. It's uh, check out check out the song Dead Language by The Defiant, dude. It's it's so good. It's so catchy, too. And uh, it's people who actually put their money where their mouth is and, and risk their careers. So definitely, um, you know, definitely stoked for what they're working on. Let's see where we're at. If we got any more updates from uh, NBC on this. Uh, looks like nothing just yet. Uh, we do have this. I didn't read this yet. Raffensperger is subpoenaed to testify at Meadows hearing. The Fulton County District Attorney has subpoenaed Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and his former lead advisor, Francis Watson, to testify at a hearing Monday for Meadows' effort to move the case to federal court. Both subpoenas were hand-delivered today, according to court filings. Monday's hearing takes place at 10 a.m. A spokesperson for Raffensperger's office has declined to comment on the subpoena. In the aftermath of the 2020 election, Trump had called Raffensperger to say he wanted to find 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have. I think this is uh, the worst possible interpretation they could make of what Trump had said. Trump was basically like, my interpretation of it is he's saying, look, there's a bunch of weird stuff going on. There's a bunch of ballots that are that are here. Are we are they being counted? Just figure it out. Find the ballots, whatever. Find you know what that means. It means they already exist. Their interpretation is that Trump was using some coded innuendo to say find meant fabricate. If Trump's saying find them, he's saying they're there. Well, whatever it is, what it is. I mean, I don't know, probably inappropriate, whatever. I don't think it's the apocalypse the Democrats are trying to claim it is. But this is the dirty game that they play. All right. Tuzeroni says you are confusing two things. Concrete hardening is an exothermic reaction, but something going from liquid to solid and releasing heat, uh, releasing heat is enth- enthalpy or fusion. Is that what it's called? Uh, what's the other one? Endothermic. All right. Uh, endo and exothermic are the two reactions. I, I, I did not mean to confuse the two things. I know they're different. I'm just saying that one is releasing energy and one is absorbing energy. One's going from, from liquid to solid. One's going from solid to liquid. So one releases energy, one absorbs energy. But, uh, you know, what? I'm, I'm not a scientist, so spammy. Uh, that one gamer says thoughts on inspiring philosophy for the culture war. I, I don't do booking. He made the short YouTube, uh, but I can, I can, I'll pass it off. Uh, I don't know. There's like, there's a couple of, uh, I don't, I don't like being involved in booking for the most part. I don't like people coming to me and saying like, book this, book that, book this, book that. And so I'm like, we have two people who handle booking, Lisa Reynolds and Cassandra Fairbanks, and they kind of just do their thing. I watch the calendar. Sometimes I'll be like, hey, we got to get, like I said, like we got to get Bill Maher. Can we reach out to him? <clears throat> I let them handle it. But there's very, very rarely do I like say, hey, no, no, you can't do this. And then one of, one of the other issues too is just people trying to game the system. And I'm like, I don't know, man. John Burt says, please say civil war need an excuse. Come on, dude. It's 1246 p.m. A little early. But you know, when it, when it calls, it calls. Uh, what do we have? Void Vicarian says, have you heard Oliver Anthony's newest quality recorded song, I Want to Go Home? Also appreciate all of your daily coverage, Tim. I have. Yo, Oliver Anthony is good. He said he's not a good musician. He's wrong. I, 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 I grew up listening to folk. Folk stuff. Uh, not so much country, country folk kind of, but the singer songwriter acoustic stuff, especially with the belted lyrics. That's my jam. One of my favorite bands growing up was uh, Against Me. They're acoustic versions of songs. 
Not so much their full band production. I wasn't a big fan of it later on. But I, I still like it. Gatsby. They're, they're cool. Laura Jane Grace. Shout out. Good music. Always has been. But um, Oliver Anthony's like politically charged singer songwriter stuff. It's my jam. I'm listening to all of his songs. Ain't Got a Dollar is good. I think Richmond North of Richmond was a grand slam. I think I Want to Go Home is A rank. I think Ain't Got a Dollar is A rank. He's got a bunch of songs that are good enough to where I could just play them. And like very few bands do that for me. There's a bunch of bands where it's like, I'll tell you this, Judith from A Perfect Circle, one of the greatest songs ever written. For the most part, I'm not playing A Perfect Circle records as much as I think they're really, really great. And that song is a masterpiece. Richmond North of Richmond is a masterpiece. And his other songs are good to the point where I'd put them in a playlist and let them run through because I like that. I like that music. And so he was like, I'm not a good, nah, dude, you are good. And there's more to music than just being able to like go crazy and wail on a guitar or whatever. Clearly you're good if people are buying your music and listening to it. You nailed it, dude. Jacob Williams says, I'm a bodyguard in the Eastern Panhandle, <clears throat> excuse me, Panhandle of West Virginia, and I'm tired of guarding people who hate me. Then don't, I guess. Let's see what we got. We got some messages coming on. Uh, let's see where we at. Ooh, what is this? Elon Musk. What's he talking about? says, interesting. Oh, okay. I just got a notification about uh, Tucker interview. Nothing, nothing, nothing new. You know, one thing that's kind of annoying me about X right now is that whenever I open it, it sends me back to the uh, For You page. And then I'm looking at tweets from a long time ago and I'm like, dude, come on, man. You know, like I can't. uh, I'm trying to look at what's going on. New information, new information, right? What's the latest? So uh, we'll uh, we'll take a gander over here. Waiting for any any potential updates. We'll grab some more super chats. We are coming up on the hour, but I'll keep going. I'll keep going for a while. I honestly would prefer to do uh, like a morning live show like this, and probably just stream for several hours. But it's a completely different thing. We did try it briefly. The segments get more traffic, are more shareable. People prefer them in the long run because they can watch it when they want to watch it, and it's hard to parse through a large live show in the morning. That's why we do clips from IRL and IRL, and we get more views from all the clips combined than the show itself. Makes sense. There is a possibility of doing a live show and then also having the clips be captured in real time and then uploaded, but it fractures things too much. So I typically reserve these live live streams like this for heavy news days when I can't do anything else. All right, what, what do we got here? Oh, here's a tweet. Mike Zernovich saying, I bet the majority of men over 40 can't do a single proper push-up. That's not a dunk. That's for people training clients and physical. Oh, that's crazy. He's probably right. That's sad. Man, I could probably do a decent amount of push-ups, but I'm a legs kind of guy from skateboarding, you know, so, you know, but I can do a handful of pull-ups. I don't, I don't, I skip, I skip arm day all the time. It's unfortunate. I used to be able to, I think the best I've ever done was probably 10 pull-ups. Yeah, I am not an upper body dude, but I'll tell you this, I can kick a hole in the wall. I've been skateboarding for several decades and I can jump super high. So I'm the kind of guy who has completely imbalanced uh, workout routine, only ever legs. But to be fair, some arm stuff kind of comes with it. Not enough. Throwing your arms around for balance does help. But, you know, uh, what do we got here? What do we got here? Uh, not too much going on as, as for right now. So the news that we have is the news. And uh, not a lot of big developments happening in the meantime, but I'll, let's, let's do this. 
Uh, before we completely wrap on this uh, special live show, super chat in any stories that you think I should be covering uh, or chat or whatever. Super chat is easier for me to read. The chat moves pretty quickly, but uh, I am reading it. I am reading it. And uh, we'll, we'll pull those up and we'll, we'll go a little bit longer. Smash the like button. You know, we got 14,000 people watching. You guys can smash that like button. So uh, I'll give you guys all the raw, real numbers, right? Oh, yeah. Never in chat says Tim never skips leg day. Honestly, I don't. It causes problems. But I bought casein protein. And so I've started having a scoop of casein protein, 20 grams of or so of protein at night before bed. And they say, that's what you do. And it actually helps burn weight and repair muscles. And I, today I felt better than ever. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, Jocko Malk. Yo, shout out Jocko Willink. Your protein powder is the best protein powder I've ever had. I don't like protein powder. It sucks. It doesn't mix. It doesn't taste good. It's got Splenda in it. And so I looked up no, no Splenda, no sucralose, artificial sweetener garbage. And what did I find? Jocko Malk. It's whey concentra concentrate, isolate, and casein. So it's, I think it's mostly whey. And uh, tastes really good. Monk fruit, not, not uh, Splenda, no stevia either. And dude, it's so good. I had my, my when Robbie was here, he just like, I tried that and he was like, it's like a milkshake. It's so good. And I'm like, yeah, dude, it's really good stuff. So shout out. But uh, yeah, definitely. But um, I'll give you guys the raw numbers right now to help you break down. I'll give you full transparency, full transparency. I do a morning segment. Uh, we're in the off season right now, typically in a political year, 200 to 300,000 views in an off cycle year. And it's hard to track, too, because I've been doing this second channel stuff from like 2018. But in uh, it can be it can be a couple hundred thousand per video, depending on what we talk about. And these videos on this channel, uh, let me do some quick math. I think they're like 200,000 views might be like a thousand dollars. The video itself will make around a thousand dollars. And then the shorter segments that are like 10 minutes might do 300 to 500, depending on how many views they get. Right now on this live stream, the total super chat revenue is five hundred and twenty two dollars. Uh, I think that doesn't include YouTube taking a cut. So I get substantially less money from doing a live stream with 14,000 concurrent viewers. That's really, really good and could become something bigger. Likes are around 6,408 just ticked up. So uh, chat revenue is now 527. If I just do segments, then I think I think the math comes out to a couple grand per day from this channel alone. Uh, I think the total revenue from this channel alone is around $1 million per year. And that is after YouTube's cut, just giving you the straight numbers. So uh, just this one channel with the old Timcast channel, which was the one segment at 4 p.m., which has now become Culture War, that one was generating a couple hundred thousand dollars per year. So uh, doing really well, just hosting this on my own with no members, just regular ads. That's the revenue stream. Take that, take the views, compare it to everybody else, and now you can figure out how much money they're making. I will tell you this. When it comes to how much money I get paid, for the most part, the revenue that I get paid in my salary comes only from this personal channel. And everything we get in terms of memberships, in terms of sales of coffee, is, is I'm saying for the most part because I don't have the full numbers, and, I, and there are profits every year and things like that, but for the most part, the overwhelming majority, 90 or somewhat percent, is reinvested into the, the staff, the, uh, uh, the projects we're doing. Uh, uh, yeah, like I, I, can, I can simplify and just say 
for the most part, the only thing that makes me personally money is this. What I'm doing right now on this channel, these four segments per day are basically what I get paid. So yes, I make a lot of money. When it comes to you guys as members, that's why I said like, hey, 20 grand for the skate event. They didn't want it. I got no beef. We won't do it. We'll do something else. That's why we're able to do like the big ads in Times Square. That's why we're able to uh, give a $5,000 reward to catch that arsonist. It's why I'm able to uh, contribute. To... I'll put it this way. We want to do this thing where we do 10 grand per month. We want to like give back. We want to focus on cultural endeavors. I am not looking at taking. Look, I'll put it this way. If we shut down basically everything and only did Timcast IRL, I'd be making substantially more money, but I don't care. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like there's a certain point where enough's enough for me, at least. And I feel like the work I do on this channel is almost entirely on me. Granted, support staff, internet, IT stuff, it's all part of the big picture. But I could take, shut everything down and just do these shows and be well off. I think with Timcast IRL, I do that every night. And almost all of the money we make from it goes into the crew, the projects, the plans, the mission, and uh, the other staff we have, people I believe in, people I want to see doing more work, uh, building new things, expanding new things, cultural things. And don't get me wrong, it's all part of the net worth of the business. Like I'm losing money from it, but I'm not personally taking the profit to buy myself a yacht or anything like that. I'm not interested in that. Uh, So what I'm really hoping to do is do more give back stuff. And so we will, we will. Um, you know, I'll briefly mention the stuff with the Martinsburg skate thing and how that went down. Super simple story. Some locals are like, Hey guys, are you coming to the skate event? And I'm like, I don't know, whatever, you know, like whatever, dude, like I play poker on Saturday for the most part, much to the chagrin of my girlfriend. Uh, she likes playing too. She's pretty good. But, uh, we skate, I skate a couple times a week, pretty, pretty hard. And, uh, you know, Oh, I did a Nolly laser flip for the first time in like 10 years yesterday. And it was really bad, but I don't care. I'm an old man. I'm 37. I landed it. Heel drag, gross. I'm taking it. Uh, and so like a week goes by and I get asked again, like, hey, you know, they're asking if we're going to come to this thing. It's like happening in the city. They put out flyers, bands are playing. Apparently they, there's merchandise and there's vendors. It's like a DIY thing. DIY means not official. Do it yourself. A do it yourself space typically is random people showed up and did random things. And so then I'm told, They're going to do like a best trick contest. People are throwing down some cash. And I was like, bro, I will throw down. We will make this legit. So apparently the locals, people have hit me up and they're like, we'd love it if if you like, hey, man, come hang out and skate with us, bro. Where are you at? Because there are a lot of local skaters that we've met at various skate parks. And so here's the thing. How am I supposed to know that there are people who assert ownership over over the spot? Like, I have no idea. All I know is people said, hey, come out to this random thing. It's a jam. Public flyers, public bands. And so I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll blast it out, dude. Like, we'll make it legit. The last time we did this, we got about 150 people to come out. So what am, what am I really thinking is going to happen? Yeah, like 100 people from the area might show up because I blasted it out. And we'll let people know that we're like, we're giving back. Well, the guys who run it got super mad. Didn't say anything to me. I don't know them because I didn't know people owned it. They don't own it, apparently. They said they'd remove me for trespassing if I showed up and I'm not welcome. And I'm like, what is even happening, dude? It was so passive for me. Hey, here's a flyer. You come into the event. I don't know, whatever. Next week. Hey, you still going to come? They're doing a thing. Okay, sure, dude. Like, I'll, 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 I'll tweet it out. Why am I being sent a flyer if they're like, don't share it with anybody? So the issue is whoever in the area 
who's saying there's a DIY spot clearly doesn't view it the way the guys running the thing think it is. But apparently they're like, we have permission to be here and the authority to remove anyone we don't want. And I'm like, bro, I had no way of knowing your abandoned industrial foundation with obstacles built on it that someone asserted authority over it to the point where they would say, don't come and bring money. I had no idea of knowing that. And so I'm just like, I, and, then, and then I post, canceled. We're not going to do it. They don't want us there. I'm not going to come in here and, and push anybody around. We're going to buy our own land. We're going to do our own event at some later time. We'll let you know what the date is. And then even then I get people attacking me for it. It's like, okay, dude, whatever, man. Whatever. I got people asking me to do it in Maryland. They're like, go to Hagerstown Skate Park. And I'm like, no, I don't like Maryland. Hagerstown's a good skate park. Spawn a ranch, build it. <clears throat> but whatever, dude. It's whatever, man. I'm just confused. And like, I don't know, dude. Locals are inviting people. Bands are inviting people. Why would I assume that a DIY spot had like three guys who own it? That's like the weirdest thing I've ever heard. It's, I've never experienced that before. I have been skating for, I mean, I'm going on two and a half decades. And like every time there's been a DIY jam, random people show up bringing random things. There's, there's never been an issue. And in my experience, every, every jam contest or local event I've been to, when a pro shouts it out and announces they're coming and bringing people, what ends up happening is you have a bunch of people from the area showing up and everyone is super excited for it. So I had no reason to believe this was anything other than that. Plus, they're talking about how they want to build a permanent park here. And I'm like, that's what we're doing. Like, we're going to go buy land and we're going to build a plaza on it. It's going to be a privately owned public space. Granted, we got to do like liability protection stuff. But the idea is like, we own it. Y'all can skate here if you want at your own risk. And so they're making this argument about how they want to own the land and all that. They, they want to build a park and everything. And it's like, OK, well, I don't know anything about what you guys are doing. I didn't know that they were, you know, owners or whatever. And we were going to bring in a handful of pros and bring in a bunch of money to boost the economy and show that building a nice skate park here can attract people from around the area. And when they come here, they eat here, they shop here, they buy here. That's the point. You make these attractions. But anyway, I got no beef. I have no idea who these guys are. I have no idea why they said they would physically remove me or I'm not welcome. I don't know them. And I did not know they were owners. I'll leave it at that. Anyway, anyway, what do we got here? Joe Hooper says, Tim, please do yourself a, uh, and, and the viewers of Timcast a favor by getting YouTuber Serpensa, a.k.a. Winston Sturzel on to educate yourself on the viewers on China related topics. I mean, we've, we've wanted to get him out here for some time. You know, uh, I just I don't know. Dracus says, Jocko also makes these amazing energy sodas with monk fruit in them as well. Always chug two of them before a shift. I'm going to buy them because we do have energy drinks. So I'll, I'll, I'll definitely dude. I, I'm not kidding. The Jocko milk protein stuff. I don't know the guy. Never met the guy. Legit. I, the problem I have with the Jocko milk is that I want to keep drinking it because it tastes like a milkshake. <laughs> it's too good, but I must have restraint. What's that restraint? Here we go. D99 says, been wanting to call in for the members only, but it's late. I think you don't get hate from Trump supporters because they don't expect you to be for Trump. But I think DeSantis supporters, nah, mm -mm -mm. I got a lot of hate from Trump supporters. They call me a bunch of naughty words, words I won't repeat. But it's like, they're not as, they're Trump supporters, this has always been the case. Look at the meme where it's the guy standing in the middle and then he says, both people are making good points. And the guy on the left shoves him into the arms of the MAGA hat wearing dudes. I'm like, are you OK? 
every encounter I've had with Trump supporters in the streets have has been, please, I'll take anything I can get. They're like the media lies about Trump all day, every day. And I'd say, well, you know, Trump did bad things. And they'll be like, I see what you're saying. But what about this? And I'll say, OK, fine. Fair point. I'll say, aha, I'll take what I can get. DeSantis supporters seem to be in an inversion of that. I do know good DeSantis supporters. Will Chamberlain is a good friend and friend of the show. Always welcome here. And he is probably the best ambassador for, for uh, DeSantis, in my opinion, because he's exactly that kind of guy. He's going to be calm and he's going to say, I, I get where you're coming from. I can respect it. Here's my view. And then you're just like, OK, dude, that's cool. Like, I agree with that. But then it's like, look, man, I, I tweet out a defense of DeSantis. I still get a wave of people tweeting nasty things at me. And I'm just like, see you later. I know DeSantis people get that from Trump, too. But my issue is I'm not anti-DeSantis. <laughs> it's like, dude, I try to give the guy credit where credit is due. Like, I'm not going to forget his record is good. And I pray. I think he did a good job. Second place yesterday at the debate. Obviously, he had good answers. But I still get flack from people for it. Yo, that's indefensible. Sorry. You can't do that. That's crazy. Politically Defiant says Chris Christie's nickname should be failed mall Santa. Tim, we need to continuously remind folks all the failures of this current administration and the triumphs of the former and how we can excel for greatness. Again, the key is in their hand. uh, Key is in their hand. Vote DJT. Trump's not a perfect guy. Trump's actually a rather flawed guy. But I think Trump is our best option right now. And that's not saying much. I don't think Trump is in is like on a scale of one to 100. Trump's at like 55 for me. Like foreign policy was great. Economy was good. Those things matter. Border security. These are all massive net positives. Drone strikes, not a fan of stopping the reporting of the numbers, not a fan of commando rates, not a fan of. But his foreign policy gets a net positive from me. Abraham Accords, these are all net positives. Trump did bad things. Fauci, not good. John Bolton, not good. Firing missiles into Syria, not good. So it's like demeanor, all of these things matter. But this puts me over the the middle mark where I'm like, I think it's a net positive. I do. And I'll take what I can get. Even talking to Dave Smith about it's fascinating because he's like, no, we don't like any of these guys, but oh, no new wars. Like, at what point are you like, I know we don't often get an opportunity. So as much as I don't like a, a majority of his policy, like take what you can get. I dig it. I dig it. Your Daily Beat says, hey, Tim, I've been watching your show since 2017, 16. I think we need to unite the right through nation, uh, through uh, nation, unity and family. Vivek Ramaswamy, man, national identity. But I got to warn you, unite the right has a negative connotation because of Charlottesville is what it is. Where are we at? Jocko Energy Drinks. I think I should order some. That'd be really, 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 really great. You know, what we really want to do is we wanted to do um, for the culture war, RFK and Vivek. Maybe maybe they're too big for us at this point. They're big personalities. But we also have some interest from other presidential contenders. And I was telling uh, Lisa booking for culture war. Hey, man, if we're going to get more than two, we should get right out an auditorium and do a, a big podcast style debate conversation. Think about this. The debate last night was dumb. Sorry, I just think it was. Imagine instead you had Ron Vivek and Joe Rogan. Now that would be a debate slash conversation. It'd be amazing. It would be huge for everyone involved, and it would really help this country move forward. We don't get that stuff, though. I don't know. Maybe Joe uh, Rogan's not the guy for it, but you get my point. What do we got? Gianna Clark says the call with 
Ratberger was uh, a settlement call. Get Robert Barnes on again. Four states sent letters to Pence to get the electors back to look at closer because so much was coming out. Trump only filed one case, not heard because uh, scheduled J7. Oh, yeah, we should definitely have Robert Barnes out. Um, Barnes is a good dude. Sometimes a little wild in his predictions or theories, but also uh, very smart on his legal theories, too. Where are we, where are we at? Uh, Void Vicarian says, can you have Colleen Noir on IRL? Yeah, we, he is an open invite. It's just he's a busy guy. You know what I mean? It's a busy guy. Heronk's uh, Bearcat says, can you design a billboard for us so we can post them in our towns? I'm in North Atlanta and want to put up a Timcast billboard, get the word out. We can just do it. Uh, let me tell you guys, when I was talking about the majority of the money going, going into everything, salaries, like it's overwhelmingly salaries. There's a decent amount of cost that has to go into covering travel for our guests, which is expensive. Two or three hotel rooms, flights to and from. Every guest that comes out here is probably like two or three thousand dollars. Not every single one, um, but it's not just that. I'm saying like the total package. So we have drivers that we have on staff to go and pick them up cheaper than Ubers. And people have out schedules, so we need drivers on demand. We have several drivers. We have three uh, to be able to because we'll have a we'll we'll have someone land at at two p.m. to come on the show. Or we typically don't like doing that. Usually, we want we want them to get them get get in the evening before, so they're rested for the day before. But that means someone's got to be dropped off at their hotel at the same time. Someone's got to be picked up from D.C. at the airport. Got to have more than one driver. So the total cost of uh, the average guest could range from around like a thousand to three thousand dollars. However, is one of the reasons we opted to be in West Virginia near enough to D.C. because we want the political commentary and politicians to be readily available. They can drive out here. It's not that tough. As for the actual politicians, that's why we went to Gates's office and Boebert's office, because they're like, dude, I can't drive out an hour, an hour before the show. If you were here, we're working. As soon as we wrap, we can run and sit down and you're ready to go. And that was awesome. I love doing that. But uh, whew. The costs that we have for the expanding of the show, <clears throat> it's up there. A lot of the projects that we have are uh, in the red. A couple, Cast Brew Coffee is, is in the black, where it is profitable. Uh, I had to personally loan the company money to get it started, but thanks to you guys buying Cast Brew Coffee, it's becoming profitable, and we've replaced sponsors. To be honest, we are making slightly less than we did through sponsors because sponsors want prestige plus sales. So if someone's sponsoring Timcast IRL, what they're looking for is direct sales to recuperate the losses of the advertising, but brand value and association. So they want me shutting them out. As for Casper, the only value we get is direct sales. So when you buy the coffee, we make money. But uh, we've gotten to the point now where we're making enough money to reorder and let it grow itself. And we're going to be bringing on someone to launch the coffee shop. It's already underway and it should be open hopefully within the next three or so months, maybe even two months. Ow, man, maybe even a month and a half. Wow. At this point, it may be two months. <clears throat> and then we're hiring a direct manager to oversee the total expansion and franchising and all that stuff. So uh, as for all the memberships, it's like covering the cost of the website. It's covering cost of the news team. It's covering the cost of other employees and other shows. All other projects make a certain amount of money. Uh, full disclosure, the news team is more about doing what's right and not about generating revenue. We don't make money off news. Uh, also, I, announcement, I guess. I got an announcement for you. I don't know what our plan is when we're announcing this, but uh, for, for those that invested in Subverse, the project never ended. And there are people who have been demanding updates and answers. There are people who are saying like, what's going on? Why did I invest in this? I'll give you a simple version. A lawsuit happened. 
I encourage you all to read the lawsuit to understand what happened. Because of the lawsuit, we weren't allowed to talk about a lot of things that were going on. But the relaunch is happening really soon. The website is, be, is, is I believe, almost done, being redeveloped. It will be relaunching. So anybody who invested in that, y'all are still here. Y'all will be made whole. Don't got to worry about it. Everything you were putting money to, it's happening. That was, the project was never let go. But we have to keep working while we're locked up in legal limbo. Now that legal limbo is clearing out, we have a big announcement coming sooner. But anybody who invested in Subverse, you ain't got nothing to worry about. It's all still there. We mean it. I'm really excited for that, too. It's going to be great. A lot of cool projects underway. And I'll have more to say on that at a later date. Let's, uh, let's read a few more. And um, I don't know. It's, it's only one. I'll go, I'll, we'll keep it going live for a little bit. Check to see if there are any updates going on in the, in the news developments. We've got uh, Willis asks for an October 23rd trial start date. Whoa. Holy crap. We got a lot of updates here. Fulton County District Attorney has asked the court to set a trial start date at October 23rd for all 19 defendants in a new court filing. Wow. Yo, they want to they get Trump off the ballot. That's crazy. October 23rd? Jeez. Hey, man, I got to be honest, sooner rather than later. Seriously, Trump wanted to delay it. Maybe that makes sense. But if it's going to be in the cycle, sooner rather than later. Meadows, former Trump White House chief of staff, has agreed to a $100,000 bond, two counts in the Fulton County indictment, violating the RICO Act, and solicitation of violation of oath by a public officer. It's insane. That's insane. After he was charged with Trump and the 17 other co-defendants last week, Meadows sought to move the case to federal court, arguing that the charges in the indictment pertain to actions he took while he served in the Trump administration. Wow, man. October 23rd. Holy crap. That's soon. Let's take a quick, uh, quick update here and see what's going over on Twitter. If there's any big updates, how quickly can you solve today's mini crossword, says the New York Times? Probably very quickly. I read too much. I'm really good at Scrabble because of it. Weird, obscure words. Oh, here's a guy shoving all in with pocket queens. Not relevant to the news, but I'd like to bring that up anyway. 209 million views on the Tucker Carlson Trump interview. Wow. Let's grab some more. Where are we at? Grab, a, grab some, some super chats. Fart Sausage says, please tell me you fired Ian. Why? Yo, let me tell you. When we were at the Turning Point event, no one on the stage got a louder applause than Ian. And Ian walked off the stage and hit the ground. Dude. Ian's, Ian's explosive rant about masks. First, let me say this. Oh, it can be frustrating. I don't like semantic arguments. Ian's been doing way better in the past year. Plus, there's got to be contrasting views. I, it's remarkable to me that people are like, I don't like hearing Ian be wrong. It's like, should we just be a show where everyone agrees? And it's all just going like, I agree with what you said. I also agree. Do you agree, sir? We agree. We got to have some disagreement. And, uh, uh, and Ian's got experience in a lot of areas. And I think, I think it works out very, very well. Um, he's brought up things that have made us think. But more importantly, understand this. Not that it's exactly why he's here, but he plays he, he plays foil sometimes like he's going to come out and, and have a position on something we've not expected and force us to articulate our positions better. It really does work out well. I just can't. I, I, it really is confusing me that people are like, I don't want anyone to disagree. It's like, dude, people don't like Trump. People like the people who don't like Trump exist. 
Let let Ian explain what he doesn't like about it. Let us counter that and let everyone else hear it. But I think I think the best way to sum it up was someone, uh, one of our members called in. And as they were rapping, they said, Ian, you're both my favorite and least favorite person on the show. And I'm like, hitting the nail on the head with the hammer. You take a look at like Luke, everybody loves Luke. Luke's a superstar co-hosting the show periodically, seasonally. And he, he, he you know, benefits tremendously. Everyone, they're like, this is the guy. But it can't always just be everyone always agrees with you. And I think Ian is actually a really great person for that contrast because he's not some far left psycho. He's more of a regular dude who plays video games, has a wide range of experiences, and he's more like a Marion Williamson, right? He's got, you know, hippy dippy views. He's open to conversation. He will call out Biden on some things, call out Trump on some things. Then we, we, we discuss it. We talk about it. I think it adds uh, a little bit of spice to things. Uh, I don't know. It is what it is. I think I, I, I enjoy having Ian on to push back and for me to push back on. It's funny when people are like, Tim will never accept that other people are right. And I'm like, I have views. They have views. We argue those views. Ian says something. He's allowed to say it. He says that on the show. People hear him say it. I'll say the inverse. Often it's three on one because everyone else is like, no, but I, I think it's fun. And uh, Ian had that viral clip where he was like, I won't wear the mask. Ah! Really angry. Don't make me do it. I'm like, that's it, man. That is like the normie rage. This is like this. is. I, I think it's funny. Hassan Hassan called Ian a conservative. <laughs> what, dude? You know, whatever, man. But you get it. Nug says Ian sucks. He constantly derails otherwise interesting conversations. That 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 fair point, fair point. But um, I don't know. Nobody's perfect, and so that's the one thing that everyone agrees on. It's like don't derail, and sometimes he does. But I think he's been substantially better this past year, right? Michael Martin says, "Can you add an espresso to the lineup at Cast Brew?" Yes, we're doing that. Focus with Mister Bocus Espresso Dark Roast. That will be uh, coming really, really soon. Coming soon. Super excited. Where are we at? Hobbit says the political bickering after the debate last night had me feeling tired and unwilling to pay attention or care. Hate feeling defeatist. Uh, I hear you, man. I definitely hear you. Jerry H says my first super chat ever. I cracked up when Ian went off. Love you, man. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. There are a lot of vocal people who are like, yo, we don't like Ian, but Ian is a one or a 20 kind of guy. He nailed it. It's like, so for those don't, don't, don't understand the reference, we have emojis on, Twitter, on, on IRL, a one or a 20 on a 20-sided die. In D&D, one is a critical failure and 20 is a critical su- success. Ian doesn't seem to have many middle-of-the-road positions. It's like either he derails or says something stupid and everyone's like, oh, no, or he screams, I won't effing wear it. Don't make me do it. And everyone's like, that was better than a 20. My favorite was like, Ian cracked the dice open in his rage and revealed a 21 inside. Like, you see the point? No one else explodes like that on the show saying, I won't effing do it. Ah, like, and everyone loved that moment. So it's either a really good or a really bad moment. So, you know, you got to accept the wild card sometimes. It's tough. You know, like part of me will look at it from a business standpoint and it's like, would we be better off if we just got some more inline thinkers and it was just like me, Seamus and Luke? We'd, we'd probably get substantially more views. But, yo, I am not doing this to generate profits for my pocket or to be the biggest podcast in the world or anything like that. There's tons of things we could have done to be the biggest, the best. I, we're just trying to be us. 
we're trying to be who we are and, and do what we like to do and, 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 and be real as, as we can as to, to ourselves. And uh, that's it. And that means I enjoy hanging out with Ian and talking about this stuff with him because sometimes it feels like he doesn't get it. And it allows me to explain things in ways that normally wouldn't come out on the show. Maybe we'd do better. I also just don't know. I, also, I, I don't know. Maybe we take that element out of the show and then people are like, this is homogenous and boring. So we just do our thing. That's it. But we'll address whatever we can. All right. Brian Bradley says, completely agree, Tim. Sometimes I want to strangle Ian, but he 100% is also my favorite guest as well. Seems like a real person. Much love. Keep going. Right. That's the, it's the double edged sword. Come on. I know when, when Ian yelled, I, I won't effing do it. Like that was Ian. That was it. The fact that everyone's sharing it, they're making remixes, they're making memes. The fact that Hassan Piker had like, had not had to, but did address it and called it conservative. I'm like, when he rolls a 20, he rolls a 20, man. He brings up good points when he does. And he brings up bad ones. But look, even when, like, I think it all works. Even when he says something like, you know, Trump is bad. He's, he's so bad. And everyone's posting ones in the chat. That's a good thing for the show. Because then all of us will come out and articulate our thoughts in a way that people wouldn't normally hear. If a, if a regular person watches the show and we're like, Trump is great. And they're like, yes, moving on. They'd be like, BS, I don't believe it. When Ian then says, no way, man, like Trump going out there saying I'm the best. That's bad. We don't want someone bloviating. And then someone might be like, yeah, you know, I agree with what Moon Lord just said. I don't, and then we counter with our view. And someone might be like, OK, I agree with Ian, but I hear what they're saying. OK, now I better understand it. Like, that's that's how I feel about, it, you know. David says, OK, keep Ian, but put him on Adderall. <laughs> Yo, Ian's been working out. And the joke is he's going to become more conservative from from lifting. And he gained, I think, like 17 pounds in muscle in the past month and a half. <laughs> All right. Waffle says, he says, I'm getting back to work on the RPG. I hope we'll replace the D&D one day and honor Gary Gygax. Hope Ian considers working on it with me. That's the other thing, too. We have uh, the video game we were working on for some time, and I believe we're going to open source the code. We just have to do it. It's called, um, I guess we'll just talk about it. It's called, I think it's called Normie Quest. And the game is you play a construction worker at the top of a skyscraper when Antifa riots break out, and you have to fight your way down to make it to your son's Little League game. I don't know if we ever actually announce any of the details, but at this point, I'm like, either we do it or we don't. Most of the game is developed. It's actually really fun. Uh, you collect items and you have an inventory and there's power ups and you, you gain HP and stuff like that. And you're basically battling Antifa, but they're robots, not real people because violence is wrong, but they're all robots and uh, you have to make your way home. The game still needs a lot of work. And I think the coolest thing we can do is probably just give out the code open source and make it an open source game that people can work on together in the community, in the members section and develop it. Uh, we'll do that. We just have to do that. We just have to get to that point. <clears throat> Marty Smith says, Ian drives me nuts, but I miss him when he's off. Love your show. Right? You see, you know. Andre says, Tim, did you see that Brad Barnes filed for the arrest of Fannie Willis? Whoa. Who's that? When was that? Was that just now? Let's pull that up. Brad Barnes, you say? Is he in the news? Where's, where's the story at? Oh, I don't see that. I don't know who that is. Where was that one? Uh, Brad. Did it say Barnes? Sometimes RN together looks like M, you know. DC Me Now says I'm a fairly popular comedian on TikTok. Don't even start, I know. But anyways, I think I could d definitely bring Cass Castle to the glory you envisioned at first. I am interested. We're all interested, actually. 
Uh, the, the deal with Cast Castle is that it makes money. Yeah. A lot of people are like, Cast Castle was better as a vlog. And then we moved it to a periodic show on the website for members. And we we track viewership and we, it, it generates enough membership interest that pays the bills for it. So there's no reason to not to do it. I think it could be way better. So um, DC me now. Uh, is that your is that your Twitter? It's probably like the easiest way to do things. Let me let me see if uh, <clears throat> if I can find you on Twitter. I'll shoot you a message. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. It says account suspended. I don't know. Super chat again with your information. It's the easiest way to see it. And I'll keep the stream going for another a little bit for the for the time being. <clears throat> what do we got? Cody says, have you seen some of the tinfoil hat theories on Hawaii fire? I did. Lasers. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that stuff. Oh, here we go. October 23rd trial date. They got an updated video. Trump mugshot. We're all waiting for that. Is that out yet? We don't got that mugshot yet, do we? I don't know when Trump's, they were saying evening. So it'll probably be on IRL. We get into the the deep details of it. I don't think we're going to get Trump's mugshot just yet. Although it is trending. I don't think it's actually come out. All right, let me, I'm, I'm jumping over on Twitter. Trump mugshot trending. I think people are just posting memes. Yeah. Memes. Here you go. Let me pull this one over. There you go. There's uh, the Trump mugshot. <laughs> Enjoy it. What do we got? Jo- uh, Jotham says, hold on to Seamus Coughlin, please. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ian and Phil spinoff show, Remains of the Crossland. Aha. Very interesting. Uh, DC me now. If you could uh, mention your Twitter. I'm not on TikTok. TikTok banned us. And, uh, you know, whatever. Otherwise, I'd uh, I'd follow you. But, um, oh, is this you? DC me now too? Maybe this is you on Twitter. I don't know. I think so, right? You made a new one because you got banned. Well, we'll see. The issue is that um, we don't just need a comedian for Cast Castle. We need a showrunner, which is a very, very specific and different thing. And it's very difficult to do. Let's read some, uh, we'll bring some more super chats. And then I think we're getting close to, uh, to wrapping up here on the special live edition of Timcast News this uh, wonderful Thursday. And uh, I'm also particularly hungry. Brian G- Gady says, have you ever reached out or considered Mark Driscoll on the podcast? He would be a great guest for Ian. Could be interesting. Maybe one thing I can do, you know, because I, I, I like doing live better. It's easier to go through segments and have everything lined up. One idea is like what a lot of people do is they do the live and then they pull the segments three to 10 minutes and put them up. And we were initially trying to do that. And it's just so here's what happens. I often will sit here working on other things as the news passes me by because you're waiting for news developments and then trying to get something up recorded as quickly as possible for that time slot. It is what it is. And it's hard to do that with live with live, I suppose. You have the news right when it breaks, but then I would have to have someone watching and pulling the clips and grabbing segments in real time. So maybe we do. uh, Then the issue is like if I do a two hour morning live show, which would save me a lot of time, the segments are uploaded throughout the day. I mean, maybe that makes sense. Maybe I should do that. And then we just have the segments on this channel 
and I do a new live channel or something like that. That's what we were kind of trying to do with the Timcast channel, have that be a live morning show and then put the clips on this channel. And it just really didn't work out because a lot of people who would watch the morning show live would not watch the clips afterwards. The clips would then get substantially less views, which would hurt in the algorithm. And then just it was just nuking the channel. So it's like, oh, it's hard to figure out how to navigate it, to be, to be completely honest. You know, Triton 54 says Tim Meadows may refuse to surrender. Has a federal hearing Monday. Fannie refuses to extend Friday deadline. Wow. Whoa. Your jurisdictional tinderbox theory may be real. I don't know, man. I think so. We'll see. I guess we'll uh, we'll uh, wind things up. It's really cool that everybody uh, maybe 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 we do live Thursdays. Maybe maybe we could do that. Maybe I just make Thursday like a live show. I don't know, man. It is a lot easier to do it this way. So maybe what we can do is on Thursdays, I do a morning segment at 10 a.m. And then noon live show for an hour and a half or two hours. I don't know. The clips just do better. It is what it is. Roan Cohort says we need a weekly rant segment from Ian. Get him hopped up on pre-workout and let him rip. Yeah. Sammy says, where's my favorite potato? He left. Seamus is gone. He's abandoned us. But uh, hey, it is what it is. Thank you for all the likes, smashing the like button. Thanks for tuning into the special live version of the show. I'm going to upload it and get everything up on the podcast. Uh, check out Tim Pool Daily on all podcast platforms. The Tim Pool Daily show is where I combine everything. And in fact, you actually get a bonus segment because the, the last portion of that show is delayed till Friday on YouTube, but it goes up daily on uh, the Tim Pool Daily show. I've never been big on caring about the podcast platforms, so we've never done any strong marketing for it. But the the uh, revenue generated from ads on podcasts is like 10 times to 40 times what YouTube is. Crazy, right? So it is what it is. But um, you know, what we you know, what we we never had here at Timcast is like a development director, someone who can be like, hey, look, you're doing all these things. They'd be more effective if you did it this way. When I was talking with the Daily Wire crew, we were talking about a partnership. That's one of the things I know they could offer that they know better how to market and boost podcasts than I do. Because I'll be honest, all of this, everything we do, it's all word of mouth. The only reason any of this, any of this exists is organic social media sharing and growth. Yes, we did ads in Times Square. I don't think that really contributed a whole lot. We've never done commercials for any of my shows, anything for Timcast IRL. We want to, but we haven't. We have done commercials for some of the music stuff, but that's more like for fun and to put the songs out there and try and impact culture in a certain way. I know that we're lagging in that department. We could probably do way better if we had better um, strategy and development, but I don't know, man. I mean, I got to be honest. I've never really cared that much. Sure. You know, some people have said, I think you can be the biggest podcast. You've got great guests. The conversations are really good. And I'm like, uh, well, I don't know. maybe I got to do more tours and buy more marketing. We just don't do it. We are independent. We do our own thing. And with your help as members, we do really well. And I'm kind of like, that's cool. I suppose if we want to win a culture war, marketing better and dominating in culture matters. So maybe that's what we need to focus on. Maybe you guys have ideas. Spread the word. Share the show if you like it. I think we'll wind things down and we'll start wrapping things up. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, head over to TimCast.com, click join us, support us directly. I'll say it again. What I get paid almost exclusively is just me doing my morning show and always has been. And then um, beyond that, almost all of the money from the website memberships and, and, and that uh, ad revenue is just funding the 
cultural developments, other shows, new projects, investments, and things like that. Uh, I want to make it clear there is profit uh, from the company. The company generates profit. I have a salary, then there's profit. But uh, look, I'll say it like this. If I were to eliminate everything but just this channel, that's the gist of what I get paid. And I'd be super well off. So everything else is like, I got, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Sometimes I, I think to myself, like, why am I doing all this extra work? Imagine if I just worked until 4 p.m. every day and didn't do the extended show till 11 p.m. I'd have the rest of the day to go do other things, but I'd probably be bored. And this is the fun thing that I want to do. So support us if you like it. Word of mouth is the best, uh, uh, is the best way to help. I'll grab one last super chat. That one gamer says Vivek's NRA speech was powerful, but it seems weird that he's for getting rid of the FBI and ATF, like all of us, almost seems too good to be true. A lot of it is. Never forget it. No politician is perfect. I'll wrap things up. Smash that like button on the way out. We will be back tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Tomorrow, we're going to have fresh and fit on the culture war. We'll be talking about dating and men and women and all that stuff. It's going to be fun. I'm really excited for this one. These guys are a hoot. Not that I agree with everything they say. And then we're having another individual uh, come on to debate them on family values. So uh, I don't know the full details just yet. I just know that they're coming. So it should be really, really fun. Thank you all so much for hanging out, everybody. And uh, we'll see you tonight at 8 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCastIRL. And also don't forget, go to CastBrew.com. Buy our coffee. Uh, I'm really hoping that we can uh, get some stuff going. The strategy we have in terms of growth is partner partnerships. We're going to team up with Seamus Coglin for his uh, his coffee blend in which we, we were talking about doing like a portion of revenue, a percentage, but I think we're going to do like a flat, uh, which will be more money. Like we, we, we want to give them a lot of the money from from their blends. And then we're doing uh, Alex Stein primetime grind two times caffeine. Uh-huh. Like he needs it. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.